0: Everybody to the Glintendo podcast. I'm Glintendo. This is my show. This show goes up every Thursday for supporters on Patreon each Thursday and becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course, YouTube. This is a weekly Nintendo slash Smash community podcast. This week, we have a very special celebratory episode. In this all gold edition of the Glintendo podcast, we're gonna be celebrating the absolute GOAT, the greatest video game series of all time, turned 35 this week, The Legend of Zelda. And so we're gonna be talking about the Zelda series, but more specifically, we're gonna be talking about the Zelda timeline and diving deep into some of the, we're gonna be putting our tinfoil hats on and talking about some of the deep lore and conspiracy theories on how some of these games are secretly all connected. And we're gonna get into some bizarre territory. I figured that's the best way to celebrate this insane, amazing, great series. I think there's gonna be a lot of other podcasts that do, you know, oh Zelda, my favorite Zelda game has a bomb in it, blah, blah, blah. Like this is my favorite. I hate all that <laughs> stuff, man. I want I want to talk about Zelda in a cool, interesting way. I guarantee you no other podcast is gonna do it this way. And Joining me, we're having another TriCast this ep- this episode, Our Hungry returning again, the illustrious owner of the YouTube.com slash Our Hungry channel, R Hungry, say happy birthday to Zelda. She's right here. Happy birthday, please.
1: Usually, I don't do what you ask me to, but for Zelda, happy birthday.
0: She's very, she's very, very happy about that. And... For the first time ever joining me joining us we couldn't do this podcast and we couldn't dive into this tinfoil hat territory without the zelda lore keeper fellow zelda expert i would say outside of me and hungry this is the only person i would say knows and loves zelda as much as we do the you might know him as the smash player known as gwj but he's my friend david david say hello to Zelda, say happy birthday. She's right here.
2: Hello, Zelda. Happy birthday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, we all this is David's first time on the uh, podcast, so I kind of want to introduce David to our listeners and people who uh, listen to my show. Um, David, do you remember how we met? Because I actually I think I remember, but you might have a different take on this. And it was many years ago at a Smash event. I'm sure all three of, all three of us have met at a Smash event, uh, being competitors in Smash. But I'm going to ask you straight up if you remember, just off top of your head, us meeting for the first time.
2: I don't think I do. My, my best guess is that maybe it was like a hitbox event or something. But I can't okay. quite remember.
0: So <laughs> you're, you're right about that because I remember exactly when I met you. So, I, it was at a hitbox event, which was a Tuesday North Jersey uh, local for Smash. Classic. And, yeah, <laughs> and I remember I had to play you. Okay, so I had just beaten someone who beat me all the time, right? And I finally got over this hump of a, of a person, and I was like, okay, I, I'm, I feel better at the game now. And then I play you for the first time ever, and you were a Rosalina main at the time, right? And yeah. you proceed to speedrun me, bro. Like, it was... <laughs> Dude, it was so embarrassing, and I, I like kept dying like really early. I, I, feel like I didn't even hit you. Like I hit you once the whole set.
3: Yeah. And the
0: set was over in the blink of an eye. And I remember, like, I'm not exaggerating. I remember that was the first and time that I ever lost to someone. And went, you know, I probably just shouldn't play this game anymore. Like it was <laughs> that bad, dude. I'd it love to hear it. It was horrible. Oh, Do you you don't remember that at all.
2: I it's it's coming back.
0: It's kind of like a. You it's know, like a breath of the wild
1: memory right now. It's just. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's like a um, um, M Bison. Like to me, it was Tuesday.
0: <laughs> exactly. It was. It was it literally tr- It
1: truly was. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it was literally Tuesday, and I remember he got he played the set. You were very nice, respectful, but you were just like, yeah, you know, just another free little bracket, little free uh thing. And for me, it was like. I'd never lost that hard in my life. So I remember it so vividly. And for you, it's like, oh, there's just another guy.
2: <laughs> did I have like, did I have like an aura? You know, like, you know, like players have an aura.
0: Like, like Lucario aura?
2: No, like, <laughs> you know, you walk by a really good player and you're like, oh, like you could tell.
0: Yeah, it was like, like that.
2: Did you look at me and be like, that guy's probably pretty good.
0: You know what the thing is, is that this happens to this day. If you go to a smash local, right? All the good players kind of just hang out with each other. And so I remember walking in and I was not really friends with anyone. Well, yet like I would show up with Dugan and he was the only person I would know. And Dugan would go and talk to you and Riz and Angel Cortez and you guys would be in your own little corner. And I'd be like, oh, these are the guys that body everybody and they're all talking to each other. So I just assumed that you were just like this godlike player but Let's then go. but then the next time we played many tuesdays later it was i who walked away with the w really and i remember feeling like because i felt so bad the first time we played <laughs> the second time we played when i won i was like i'm finally feel like i'm better at this game now and i remember you just riz asked you like Hey, are you, are you still in bracket? And you were like, "I'm in losers now." And he's like, "Oh, who'd you lose to?" And then you just went, "I lost to Link." Like,
2: <laughs> I really lost to you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even.
0: How? You, okay, so you Ow. went Rosa. <laughs> oh my god. You, you went Rosa, right? Oh, and
2: I should have went Rob. Oh
0: my. So god. here's the thing: you went Rosa, and game one was close, but you won. You like cheesed me with some gimp at like low percent cuz link off stage was just like a sitting duck. <laughs> I actually then,
1: remember watching this.
0: Yeah, and then game 2 I oh, bodied so you. Like I was like I I just clicked and I'm like yeah, I'm going to body you. And then I bodied you <laughs> and then game 3 you went rob and then I won. And I was like let's go. Uh,
2: disaster.
0: Oh my yeah, god. I, I just wanted you to know that I brought up this whole story. You thought in the beginning, you thought it was because it going to make you look good, but it's actually because I, I beat you in the end. I would not have brought up this story if I didn't have a happy ending for me, bro.
2: My brain is, has like protected me from this memory
1: for years. <laughs> Traumatizing. <laughs> it's been like, it's been withholding this from me.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I think this
1: that's what we, this is what we do here at the Grunts uh, on the podcast. We open up band-aids. Trauma. <laughs> I, you just poke around inside, see what oh happens. I get, if it was on, was it on stream?
2: Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch the VOD. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, you, what's, what was the point of watching it? Just watching Link freaking kill someone with the I never watch that, like, a VOD that I lose. Yeah. Never. <laughs> but it's yeah, embarrassing. That was, I don't think we've ever played after that. We've certainly never played an ultimate. Dove was like Smash 4 days. So I, I'm pretty sure we never played after that, right? I don't uh, think so. Probably not. Uh, mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. So.
2: hitbox is the reason that i picked up rosa by the way why uh because i lost to um shippo's chic to oh, uh damn. a to a true combo down throw bouncing fish and i was so mad i was like i can't <laughs> wow. let this happen to me down throw bouncing i picked, up, fish. I picked that's up how you, a new character <laughs>
1: that's how you know that it's like really early in smash forward it's down throw bouncing fish, <laughs> yeah. and not like forward throw
0: Oh my god, that's uh, insane. It made me so
1: mad. It was a true combo at like such a high percent.
0: Were you So you were So here's the thing, you've always been a Rob main and then you played Rosa because she was obviously a way better character in 4, but then obviously in Ultimate, Rob is like way way better now. Yeah. So you're not one of those like dudes who just like you're a real Rob main. Like you've been playing him forever and you didn't just pick him up in Ultimate cuz he's freaking insanely good in this game
2: right i i I picked him up in brawl, but I mean it was basically accidental. Right. I just it's just the first character that clicked with me, so I was like, all right, guess I'm a Rob main,
0: <laughs> and what about uh do you remember do you guys remember meeting each other? Do you guys have any stories about each other outside of me?
2: I'm sure it was like just another hitbox or something,
0: yeah, I was probably hanging out with
1: Riz and he goes, <laughs> This is Barnes, and I'm like, okay, hi yeah, that that's probably exactly how it went.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like anyone who's friends with Riz, that's like already just uh like I know I, I'm gonna be a friend. I'm gonna be friends with this person too. So at that point, I was like, oh, okay, this guy must be cool because Riz is only friends with the best people in the Smash community. But yeah, so we're gonna dive deep into the Zelda timeline. But first, we're gonna have to go into a brief history of this amazing and legendary series. So on February 21st, 1986, The Legend of Zelda was released on the Famicom disc system in Japan. Um, and obviously the video game industry was completely changed after that in terms of game design because it's the first game ever to have a built-in memory card where you can save your progress as you go. Before that, it was like games had this like weird, uh, like, password. yeah, the password system where you'd put in a password and the game would go, okay. This is generally where you were in the last time that you played.
1: Well, the way the way that works really is that, like, the game like holds values for different things that you have, different points you can be in, and the password mm-hmm. literally is just those values.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, just
1: like hard coded values in like, yeah, exactly. like a list. Exactly. So,
0: question though, but then like, I don't know if many games it would even if this would apply to many games, but like, let's say, let's say you had like, I don't know. Um, Let's say you were playing Metroid because I know Metroid had this password system and you had, you know, you use three power bombs and you have out of five. The code couldn't save that level of coding, right? It
1: depends how like big the code is and how the values that it would save, you know? Right. Sometimes it would save like, it's like let's say a code was simple and it didn't have like the a value for how many power bombs you have. It would just spawn you with the specific amount it wanted you to have right right like let's say
2: you though it doesn't it doesn't uh it just like resets the value on them
1: yeah Yeah. so it could be like let's say you had like 67 health right you would spawn with just 30 you know every time no matter how many health you had something like that you know it depends some
2: otherwise you would just need so many passwords yeah yeah. possible
1: yeah but some nes games had insanely huge passwords like four like four lines of password code you know what i mean oh my god like it was horrible sometimes
0: like be be a programmer just to save your progress basically (laughs) but yeah so this this allowed for like this long form gaming that you could not have done on arcade and it was like a new thing for home consoles where you know you had this bigger adventure and you could go around and you solve all these puzzles and find all these items like even mario like super mario brothers the, the original on the NES like there are shortcuts and stuff and there's like a lot there to help you with, you know, every time you sit down, they're assuming you're going to be starting from scratch. So there's a lot of warps and a lot of the game is designed around, you know, alleviating that. Whereas Zelda is designed around like, you can't beat this in one sitting. Like it would be very difficult for you. And we're purposely making this game to be this bigger, like awesome experience. And so fast forward to 35 years later, we're here and obviously Zelda's gone through like a million evolutions and like, you know, it's it's the blue one of the blueprints for modern video games in general, in, in all genres, but especially action adventures and RPGs and stuff like that. Um, so I think so. This is something Hungary convinced me of. If you would have asked me a couple of years ago, like what's the best video game series of all time? I would have said, Okay, it's it's obviously Mario and Zelda is like very close second place. But Hungary convinced me that Zelda is actually better than Mario as a series. And so what do you guys actually think, like, in terms of, do you guys agree, why or why not, that The Legend of Zelda is actually the greatest video game series of all time? Hungry, I'll let you go first.
1: Okay, so obviously, I think it's the greatest video game series of all time. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> oh, big surprise. I don't one you convinced you. <laughs> right? Uh, so basically, my general thoughts on that is that they ironically enough the Zelda series is like extremely brave, you know? They can they're never going to rest on the laurels of the past game. They're never going to take the Zelda name for granted and be like we can just turn turn out another Zelda game and everyone's going to eat it up. Like every single entry in the series, every single one, right? has some unique selling point to it. There's no game in the series that you can go ah you don't gotta play that one because this one does just that but better you know
0: right. and
1: every game is great there's no game that's like okay or good every single game is at least great or a masterpiece level just genre defining game right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's how crazy the, and it is like 20 games like more and more right it is so Depen- depending on how you see it like like spin-offs and whatever, right? Or like if you count the portables or not, like like there is a crazy amount of games and all of them are unique and great and just ugh. Like, even if it's not your favorite games, right? They you can't deny the level of quality of each game.
0: Right, yeah. David, what do you think?
1: Um
2: well, for one I think Zelda is obviously better than Mario. Just you know outside of the whole best video game franchise
3: thing mm-hmm. so
2: you know that's that's a given um but you know in in terms in terms of Zelda I I think it I think one area where it offers a lot more than a lot of other games do um besides for maybe like Metroid um is like the like the lore elements and the the relatively consistent pattern of reusing um you know symbology and stuff like that throughout their games in such a way that you're able to you know weave together a kind of like a a coherent chronology whereas with like yeah. mario games it's like you know where does paper mario happen with relation <laughs> to anything else who knows that's not a consideration like there's there's no like master you know story timeline of mario if i mean if there was it would just be a bunch of different universes because like i don't think uh i don't think many of them reference each other
1: well it's what's you know one of the things in galaxy like the galaxy basically resets the end of the first game and the second one is basically just the first game again
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's, yeah, with,
1: it's messy, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's not really a priority.
0: Yeah, with Mario, it feels like the the universe is way more interesting in terms of like the properties of the universe, like what you do in the universe, like, oh, there's blocks and there's pipes and there's coins and there's like raccoon suits, like the activities are more fun. But with Zelda, there's like this, there's a, this lore element. And like, obviously, we're going to get into that very heavily in a minute, but Yeah, like I see what you're saying where there's way more significance and there's way more just the concept of Zelda being this thing where these three uh, archetypes of characters always like it reincarnates itself. And this history kind of repeats itself. It's always different, but quite the same at the same time. That whole thing, it just already just when you think about that, that is so interesting. Um, My take on it, the reason why I would say that Zelda is the absolute goat is because. Before before I talked to Hungry about this, what I would have said is that I think Mario to this day still has like the higher peaks in terms of I think Super Mario 64. <laughs> watch looking at the longevity of that that game and how people still play it to this day, and how important it is to gaming at the same time. Like it it serves on both of those. Uh, it fires on both of those like uh, elements, but. The thing about Zelda that I think makes it a better series is that even though I would say Mario has higher highs, there are more Zelda games that I think if I had to make like a 20 game, if I had to make a list of 20 games that you have to play just as a human being, as someone who likes video games, there's going to be more Zelda games on there than Mario games. Like, I think there's more unique experiences in Zelda. Uh, You have to play the first one. You have to play Link to the Past. You have to play Ocarina of Time. You have to play Majora's Mask. You have to play Breath of the Wild like you can make an argument for Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, like you can make an argument for a lot of the other ones, too. Um, so I just think in terms of that and in terms of just like it's not even the mo- it's not the most successful game series of all time in terms of, uh, you know, how many how many units it's sold and stuff. But critical acclaim like Breath of the Wild has the most perfect review scores out of any game in history. And Ocarina of Time has the highest Metacritic average of all time kind of because it was a different era back then, but it was like the first like 10 out of 10 game. It was like the first time that people started thinking of games that way where it was like, dude, this game is so far beyond what we thought. So just obviously everything both of you guys said, but on top of that, you know, this series has just, dude, 35 years, like it's older than all three of us. And on top of that, I can't name a property in any other medium that has been this good for 35 years. Like there are people who think Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild is the most successful Zelda game ever. And it's the last one that came out. It's the most recent one. Like is the most recent Star Wars, the most successful and critically acclaimed? No. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars and James Bond are the only properties I think have been around as long as Zelda with, with sequels that are still relevant. And it can't compete relative to the industry. Like in gaming, Zelda is at another level. So, yeah, this, this series, I mean, I, I'm convinced that it's, it's the best gaming series. And so, to celebrate that, we're going to go and into this timeline. Uh, and we're going to talk deeply about this timeline. And then we're going to comment on each game in the timeline. So, 10 years ago, for the 25th anniversary, uh, Nintendo released the Hyrule Historia, right? In 2011. And even though it didn't come to the States, I think, until 2013. But in Japan, it was 2011. And for the first time ever they acknowledged that there is a connection and a formal timeline between these games because before this came out it was purely fan speculation how each game was connected like there are some obvious ones like obviously ocarina of time majora's mask those are direct that's a direct sequel um but outside of like those exceptions like this is the only gaming series i could think of to go back to what david said earlier where The lore is very interesting in that, you know, the first game in the series is not the first game in the timeline. And every game kind of just jumps around the timeline and you can interpret it and connect the dots in so many interesting ways. So finally, we got this awesome timeline. Do you guys remember like when the timeline came out? Do you remember your general thoughts on it? Like just like, whoa, there's a Zelda timeline hungry. Do you remember?
1: Okay. So before the Zelda timeline came out, I kind of had my own theories about it, and I think the probably the cutest thing I had in my my original timeline was like, "Oh, Zelda One and Zelda Two; those are the Legend of Zelda. Those actually aren't part of the timeline." I love it.
0: Wait, 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 wait! Explain. I how think you it's got a great that. idea. That's an amazing idea, but I, I want to understand how that yeah, how because the first
1: because Zelda One and Zelda Two they're very self contained, right? There's not really uh a lot of connections back to those games, right? Like it's very loosely connected if there if there are connections. And in my brain, I was like, oh, because those are the first two. Those are before they started caring about like the world, oh, right? I so see. like this is the whole story of Zelda. This is the legend of Zelda. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that for me that was that was my headcanon of it. Like I would just be like, this is what the, the, the all the, the the stories and legends in their world is about, you know?
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: okay. um, um, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, there can't be three splits. That's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I agree to tie splits in three ways. It's like yeah. uh, when uh, Link is successful and, we'll, you know, we'll Gan- is yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, so as soon as I saw three splits, we'll, we'll get some we'll more later. I was just like, I can't accept
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, what did you think when you first saw that?
2: I was excited. Um, yeah. When I saw it, I was like, I was like, why didn't I think of that? Of course, there's three. Of course, there's three splits. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the the you have the rule of three in Zelda, um, right. It's it you know it it, it just seems so poetic. Now that you actually see it, it's like, oh, of course.
0: Yeah. I remember liking the timeline because, um, well, first of all, I just thought it was interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, Nintendo's reputation is that they're so secretive about literally everything where Mm -hmm. for them to formally even acknowledge that like fans were making their own timelines for a long, long time. And so for them to finally just go, okay, okay, here it is. That was really interesting that they – actually i never thought that they would ever do that because i thought it's more convenient for them as designers to leave the freedom of like there's no timeline so we could do whatever we want and we don't have to pay attention to this so when they acknowledged it i thought it was interesting but i also thought it was interesting because ocarina of time is my favorite video game ever and it's my favorite zelda and it makes that one the most important one because it's at this center <laughs> of the timeline i'm like oh yeah. let's go that's hype um So, yeah, they finally did that in in 2011, and since then, you know, it's funny because we've actually only gotten, like, three real Zelda games since 2011. We've gotten, like, A Link Between Worlds, uh, Skyward Sword came out in 2011, and Breath of the Wild, and that's it. So the timeline is basically unchanged.
3: Uh,
1: Well, Triforce Heroes.
0: Oh, that's right. And, yeah, yeah, and we'll get to that. (laughs) Some
1: people have argued uh, Hyrule Warriors and... Obviously, the new Hyrule Warriors is like its own separate, but still.
2: Oh yeah, Hyrule Warriors was Wii U. That was post yeah. Skyward Sword. Yeah. What a great game.
0: Yeah. How much lore? Uh, how much? Because I know that there is story elements in that, and there's a lot more in in Age of Calamity. But like, as like, how much did that affect the the timeline? The like Hyrule Warriors games
1: depends who you ask. <laughs> None, because it's not
0: considered canon. okay okay so yeah
1: i've seen some stuff it's pretty bad but you know at least interesting to see it some people try and
2: fit it in but um, i mean i don't buy it ultimately it's not it it's not a it's not made by nintendo I i I don't think it's really got the endorsement on the on the story side
1: oh except for the new one right except for the new one
0: and and you know obviously (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and obviously the cdi games it doesn't it goes without saying those are not even zelda games to me in my mind i would never even think that those are zelda games let alone including them in the timeline like what
1: about bs zelda the broadcast service game oh yeah in japan
2: I, actu- I actually think one of them is canon the oh, stone tablets one
0: they need to go. put that out they need to actually put that game out that sure i agree so, for people who don't know, in on the in on the uh, Super Nintendo, they had this like weird service where you can like subscribe to this satellite network, and at the time that was like kind of like early form of like internet stuff. And so Nintendo had this thing called Satellaview, and they they were making like little Mario and Zelda, it kind of like what would you norm what now you might call like DLC or something, and it would basically just take like a link to the past or Super Mario World, and it would kind of like use that. Uh, the assets for those games to make like a new game and the one for um, the Zelda one was called Zelda BS I think it was called it was
1: BS Zelda and then each of them had like their own like subtitle Mm -hmm. BS standing for like broadcast service oh that's what it
0: stands for broadcast service yeah Yeah. All right. so before we jump into this timeline Mm -hmm. you know this is going to be very spoilery obviously there's no way to do this right without Spoiling and stuff. We have to talk about like the endings of certain games, certain characters that appear and the beginnings of other games, how they link together. So if you're if you're like, dude, at this point, if you made it this far, just enjoy the spoilers, bro, like it's, it's too late. Let's just let's just go full throttle. Don't turn this off. All right. I, I hate spoiler warnings for that reason. But anyway, the first game in the timeline officially is The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. So it's interesting because right when the timeline came out, the the first game in the timeline is the game that came out that year, and it is Skyward Sword. And the whole thing around Skyward Sword is that it's the origin of the Master Sword. So they, the game kind of walks you through the origin of that sword, which obviously is like a central element of every Zelda game afterward. Um, and it also, by the end of the game, they kind of like... It's kind of an origin story for like the birth of Hyrule, like as a land. Yeah. So, yeah. So because you have these, the the um, Hylians are starting up in the sky, and then they fall down at towards the end, and you see like Link and Zelda basically, you know, starting what becomes of the first Hyrule.
1: Time to populate.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts uh, on Hyrule on uh, Skyward Sword, and what are what do you think is like really important about this game in terms of like? The timeline and establishing it. Hungary, you can go first.
1: Okay, so the first, my first impression was I was immediately upset.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Because he has a hat, and if you know um, anything, the Minish Cap is the origin of the hat. So yeah. it was probably just an oversight, or uh, but it, it it was just like pay some respect, man. Yeah. Uh, um. I was, so,
0: mention that. I was gonna mention that when we got to the Minish Cap because yeah. it, it, that's the whole point of that game is like Skyward Sword is the origin of the Master Sword, and the Minish Cap is the origin of the hat. <laughs>
1: Except yeah. not really.
0: Except not really, yeah. I
1: guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the I think the most interesting thing about Skyward Sword, at least for me, was um those the ruins were there already, you know? Were <laughs> they they're already ruins. So, mm-hmm. it kind of implies that things already started going bad for the Zelda universe at that point, right? Right. And there's a lot of interesting stuff with like the time stones because, like, even going back to then, right? Like, like those things were invented at that time that they were being used, right? Mm-hmm. So the the there's a little confusion about. How that works
0: yeah and and david has uh we're, when we get to the end of the time when we get into the conspiracy parts of it like that the theories the really cool stuff yeah the
1: that's, that, that was just kind of my general impression of like yeah. a little bit of confusion there mm-hmm. and um
0: oh so you're saying like okay you played the game for the when first time i was time.
1: playing it I, was, I, I felt those things i'm saying
0: right right so it's like this is supposed to be the first game in the series and you're like okay so why are there already you know, like these established civilizations and dungeons and all that Zelda stuff.
1: Yeah, because a, yeah. a lot of the places are in ruins already, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, getting an origin from the Master story is cool, right? And then the demise thing is in my opinion, I thought it was kind of unnecessary. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to see like, like Ganon himself is kind of like a curse to the world almost, you know? It, yeah. it, it's cool, but it's also kind of not, not really necessary.
0: Yeah. So, like the central villain of Skyward Sword is not Ganon. It's, it's this being called Demise. And Girahim is like the villain that most people see first because he's like on the boxer and everything. Yeah. But Girahim, it turns out, he's like an analog to Fee. Fee is the spirit of the Master Sword. So, she becomes the Master Sword at the end of the game and she's in the Master Sword. And Girahim is the exact same thing for a different sword which you see demise using. And so, um, demise is almost like this, uh, it's almost just like a force of nature that, and he says in the game, like, you know, I'm going to be coming back. Like you only defeated me temporarily. And like, it's basically you can draw the connection that every time you see Ganon, Ganon is just like another reincarnation of this or the original thing is demise. Like Ganon is just uh, an iteration on demise. Um, but yeah, so David, what do you think about Skyward Sword and and all that? Um, well,
2: to to piggyback on the demise thing, I think um, I think an, an an interesting revelation on that concept um, came to me when I saw a uh, a different translation of the original uh, original Japanese. The um, the games are translated and you know sometimes going from language to language you can lose meanings and sometimes words uh words kind of change right um and with the demise thing uh looking at the actual the actual text it doesn't seem to, to me it doesn't seem to imply that it's like demise himself that's like you know reincarnating over and over more so he seems to be indicating like a general like curse of the demon tribe, like it's a not like it's a curse in the sense that like I'm gonna place a curse on you, but a curse in the sense that, like, as long as the Triforce exists and as long as the world of light isn't where they get to live, they're gonna keep trying to conquer it. And so it's like
3: mm. sure,
2: you guys like Hylia, you know, you guys can reincarnate, uh, you know, and good for you, but as long as you guys you know, are still existing and are still controlling the world of light. We're just going to keep attacking you over and over and you're going to have to basically watch everything crumble over and over. Like as like your, as like kind of a curse in a sense.
0: Right. Yeah. And what, one of the other interesting things about the thing you mentioned about like Haile and everything is that it, it's actually funny that this is the first game in the timeline because there's actually, the game begins with, you know, this like picturesque, like storybook um, prologue that shows you like there was already so much going on in that universe before Link and Zelda and the whole Triforce and the Master Sword, like before the the things that we know about the Zelda series existed, there was so much stuff going on. There's obviously the goddess of Hylia and she's like this central figure in the prologue mm-hmm. and you see her like with the harp and stuff. And that's the statue that you see in Skyward Sword and later in Breath of the Wild. like this giant goddess and stuff she's like this reoccurring figure throughout the series and so there's this whole history before that like the only thing that the timeline says happened before skyward sword is you know that universe was created it's just creation from sure Goddess, and so story and just yeah blank exactly so it's interesting to me that in the future the zelda series can explore even before skyward sword like there's no reason why there's there can't be more stuff before. That's this.
1: exactly what I'm trying to say. You see, like yeah. st- that, that that kind of stuff was already kind of going bad for them.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the prologue begins with like that that's that painting of Hylia, and you see demons and stuff, and you see what looks like a pig Ganon. Like I remember right in the beginning when I when I plugged that game in for the first time, I was like, oh, like maybe Ganon is in this game. But they only refer to demise on the timeline as uh, the Demon King. And it's almost like the demon king can be ganon but it can also be just other forms and so in this it's it takes the form of this person named demise or this entity yeah it's a title exactly it's like being the president
2: (laughs) there's actually been other demon kings other than uh ganon and uh demise the uh the villain um i think his name's Maladus from spirit tracks or phantom hourglass one of the two right Uh, yeah his his title is demon king it's you know as far as i know he's you know gan and scale basically
0: right yeah that's right and it's funny how like they um it's almost like it's supposed to be a metaphor for just like very basic like human struggle stuff like demise is obviously a play on the word demise. You know what I mean? Like for it's you. It's not even a
1: play. It's, just, it's, just, it's the just the name. It's just the word.
0: <laughs> and malidus is obviously malice. You know what I yeah. mean? They they it's it's funny because in malady. Be- yeah, exactly. It's kinda how I remember a long time ago someone pointed theory. out to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone pointed out to me a long time ago how, you know, the the word devil is just evil with a D at the front of it. And oh the word God the word God is just good without the O, without the extra O. So it kind of reminds me of that, where it's like it's kind of on the nose, but it takes on a whole new meaning.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it, it depends when you're going that far. It's like what well, Yahweh and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, how do you fit that into there? You know, well, <laughs> yeah. that that's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Pro etymologists. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, according to the timeline, Skyward Sword, um, it the emergence and sealing of the Demon King. The goddess Hylia is reborn as Zelda. So this is, according to the timeline, this is the first time the goddess Hylia is, you know, reincarnated as Zelda. Mm -hmm. And the master sword is forged, which obviously is like the main thing that you do during that that game. Then it says in between the next game, it says the banishment of the Twilight occurs. The sacred realm is sealed. And the kingdom of Hyrule is founded, which obviously you see at the very end of Skyward Sword. They they they're venturing off to like form that the land that becomes Hyrule. Um, and then we have the Minish Cap, and the Four Sword is born from the blade of Picori Legend, and the rise and sealing away of the demon Vati. So Vati is the 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 main villain of the Minish Cap. It does this game does not have Ganon in it or anyone like that. Uh, It's one of the few times that there's not, like, a Ganon as the main antagonist of a Zelda game. Mm -hmm. And um, this game, so this game was, like we said a little earlier, it was supposed to be, this game came out before Skyward Sword. So at the time, it seemed like this was the first game in the timeline because the the buddy, a lot of Zelda games give you some kind of companion, right? But the companion in this game was this, like, bird-looking guy who gets turned into a hat. And the hat is the green, the classic Zelda hat. And so it looks like Link is just wearing his classic Zelda green pointy hat, but you know, he, the beak comes out in the eye and he has like a face and stuff. And he talks to you as you play and he helps you out. And the whole story kind of walks you through, you know, the origin of, of that hat. And then like at the end of the game, it's like, Oh, this was the legendary hero who saved everything. And now people wear this outfit and wear that hat in honor of him and all that. And obviously, Hungry mentioned earlier. Like in Skyward Sword, they kind of show you that the hat originated from that school uh, that Link is in at the beginning of the game. You're in the night School, and all the knights they wear the that outfit, the classic, you know, the Link uh, tunic. Yeah, and some of them are
1: different colors, like yellow just, or blue, yeah, or whatever.
0: Yeah, they're just different colors. But yeah, so this you game you have
1: a green one, and you'd even like it.
0: <laughs> so it, it's it's interesting how this game Minish Cap, which came out in the Game Boy Advance um this would have been the first game in the zelda uh timeline had it not been for skyward sword retconning that so they had a little an, an interesting
1: thing about minish cap is that one of the bosses is like a choo-choo mm-hmm. right so like the choo-choo's have always existed in this very tiny form or actually no they're they're huge in that game No, yeah, yeah so the choo-choo's yeah. have existed but they're not in a lot of the other games but they well, come back into flourishing in the they- waker are
0: Oh, right, yeah. Are they huge, or was Link just tiny? No, Link
1: is, Link is small, so they're, they're huge. Regular size. They're re- maybe that's, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. you're small, they're huge, so... The boss was just, like, a just... A, a choo A regular
0: choo A regular choo-choo, yeah. Just
1: a slime,
0: maybe. Yeah. So, David, what is uh, important or interesting about the Minish Cap as it pertains to, like, the timeline?
2: Um. Well, obviously, you have the creation of the Four Sword, Um. Which means that, obviously, the Four Swords games would have to take place after Minish Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the same way that, the, that you see the Master Sword Force and Skyward Sword, you can't really put anything before it that has the Master Sword in it. Um, so, yeah. And, and with, with the Minish Cap, generally the reason, as far as I know, that people consider Minish Cap to be so early in the timeline is that it kind of presents a, like a, a very small Hyrule rule that looks like it's just kind of uh, very early on, in the I guess in the kingdom's lifespan, um, and it's it's right. pretty much just like just off off of uh, aesthetics. Um, it's a it's a
1: pretty humble game in that sense, where it's like everything's very small.
2: Yeah, the intended. world map is kind of weird because it doesn't really match the other games. Like, there's no Death Mountain, but you have like Caster Mountain or like I, I forget right. the name, but like you have. Um, like there's just landmarks are just are just not there some people say it's like because minish cap is like taking place in like a subsection of like the large or high Rule or like they move locations my guess is that it still is High Rule. it's just like the names just changed and like like other games like the landmarks kind of move around for no real
0: reason right yeah i mean they, they always kind of get around that by having like there are usually such huge time gaps between the, the story of one game and the other that, like, you know, it would be normal for landscapes to completely shift uh, between games. Um, the, the notable thing to me about this this uh, game is that um, so they have this tribe of people called the Pickery, right? And they're like the tiny people because one of the big gameplay hooks of this game is that Link goes from being regular size to being like really, really tiny, like borderline microscopic. And it changes the way that you navigate the world. And so, yeah, a normal choo-choo that you would usually just hit once and he would die. Now he's a boss. And like that game was really cool for that. So the Pickery are these tiny people that you encounter throughout the game. And they're the ones who give you this, the Pickery sword, which later becomes the four sword, which becomes important in the timeline when we get to to later on, which is actually the next game, actually. So the next game is four swords. Now, is this, uh, does this four swords... The um, the A Link to the Past Game Boy Advance like edition or is it because that's the first time they ever put out Four Swords was with A Link to the Past Game Boy port. Yeah, they had Four so. Swords, but then later on they had two other games that are technically Four Swords. So is it it's that one? I'm assuming.
2: It's yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's the one that came packaged with A Link to the Past.
0: Right. Okay. So then that the, the Four Swords is after the Minish Cap. And it's the third game in the timeline. And um, all it's really notable for is the revival of Vadi, which was the villain from Minish Cap, And he's sealed once again by the Force Sword. And that's that's pretty much all there is on that one game. Uh, is there any other reason why this game would be interesting at all to the timeline or to the lore?
2: No, nah, not really. Pretty unremarkable.
0: Um okay. So then we head into the Hyrulean Civil War. On this timeline in between games there are like major occurrences. So one of the ones here is after Four Sword, it says the Hyrulean Civil War begins. And then the legendary events of Ocarina of Time. And this is ar- ar- arguably the most important game in the timeline for reasons that we'll get into. We're probably going to spend a lot of time on Ocarina of Time. So the it says Ganondorf, King of Thieves, enters the Sacred Realm, the Triforce splits, and Ganondorf transforms into Ganon, the Demon King. So, this is kind of the first game where the Triforce splits. Am I right about that? Um, Does that happen in Skyward Sword? I don't think it does, right?
2: Well, like... Before Link collects them, each of the pieces are individually stored in, like, a separate, like, location, but still all within the same, like, realm. So, I I consider it kind of together still.
0: Right, yeah. Right. So, in the events of Ocarina of Time, the Triforce is sealed away behind a, a door to the Sacred Realm. But to, to open that door, you need these three relics, and you need to also have, have this song play specifically from the Ocarina. So one of the things that happens in Ocarina of Time very early in the game is that you collect all these pieces and you find out that Ganon was just waiting for you to do it for him so that he can enter the Sacred Realm. And so he enters the Sacred Realm, uh, he tries to obtain the Triforce, and then there's a time skip of seven years later where Link awakens as an adult in front of the Master Sword and the world is completely ruined by Ganondorf entering the Sacred Realm. But apparently, when he entered the Sacred Realm and he touched the Triforce, the part of the canon of the, the universe is that it, it, if it deems that you are not worthy or something, it splits. And so once he tried to take the, the, the Triforce, it split into pieces. And one, the piece of courage went to Link, the piece of wisdom went to Zelda, and the piece of power went to Ganon. So even though he did go through the Sacred Realm in Ocarina of Time at the beginning of that game, or kind of like one-third into it, um, he still wasn't able to get the entire Triforce and take over the universe or whatever, you know, whatever, all the power that that grants you. It just caused more problems and trouble for that universe. So then this is why this game is so interesting in the timeline because then the timeline splits into three different timelines. So we get into the time paradox type of stuff. And this is where a lot of people get confused with what's going on. Before we get to the, the time splitting, is there anything of note to mention in Ocarina of Time that besides the splitting of the timeline, Hungry, do you do you have anything that you want to point out?
1: My first notable thing to say is that Ocarina of Time Zelda is the biggest jobber of all time. <laughs> literally of all time. She literally is <laughs> jobber. What is a jobber? <laughs> it's like someone who... like um, uh, it's like the it's like someone who's like it's like it's not like their main occupation almost. So They just always mess it up. Like
0: oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like a, or another way to see it is like especially during um, you use it a lot in wrestling. Like someone who deliberately loses a match all the time, right? They call them jobbers. Job. A pot filler, yeah. Pot filler is kind of like a chopper, right? <laughs> So it's kind of involved into being anyone who does their job really badly, you know? Yeah, That's kind of what people use her for now. So she's fair, the ultimate jobber.
0: To be she, fair, I will say one thing. Yeah, I'll let you continue, but the only thing I want to say is she's also like, you know, 10 years old in this game when she messes everything up. Get
1: over it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she ruined everything.
1: Yeah,
2: she she was actually kind of bad.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, one interesting thing uh, from when you first play the game, because this was not my first Zelda game, this is maybe like my second or third Zelda game, right? Because I, I think at least my third. It might have been my fourth. Um, it's hard to remember, but it's the first time you see Zoras as peaceful uh, beings, and that are, um, oh, right. they're kind of in lieu with Hyrule. You know, they're they're not like monsters uh, yeah was it because there is a, a zora in um a link to the past who does talk to you but he's also just not interested in you like personally right yeah. he's like These are the flippers the right and the rest of them are just they just attack you on sight yeah and it, it doesn't mean they're not intelligent it just means that they're hostile <laughs> right because there's at least one intelligent um zora before that Oh, and other Zelda games, right? Not not before in the timeline, right? So it's interesting to see they went from being. If we believe this is how it's supposed to be, the timeline goes, right? I mean, something happened to the Zora in the meantime for them to go from uh, intelligent and peaceful or to non intelligent and like violent and hostile to. Yeah. Hylians, you
0: know? It's funny because uh in the very first Zelda game on the NES, the Zoras are, are probably the oldest race in terms of like outside of the timeline, like just in terms of like the actual game releases. Cause I didn't know those were Zoras because when I played uh, Link to the Past and and the first Zelda game, I thought, dude, they literally look like Gyarados. I just thought there was a <laughs> Gyarados shooting beams at me from the ocean, dude. Like that's what I thought when I played those games. Um but yeah, do you have any uh, interesting insights on this so far, uh, David?
2: Um, well, with with the Zora, there, there's actually a popular theory out there that um, there's actually a distinction between the River Zora and the Ocean or Sea Zora, and that I forget which is which. But like, basically, one of them is supposed to be the friendly one, and the other one is supposed to be the aggressive one, and like, supposedly you know the friendly ones like you know died off or left right like, like in the timeline or something that's
1: interesting yeah. because um it, in, 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 it's maybe the the wording is just wrong and they're just using it because in ocarina of time it's lake they live in a lake and they don't live in the in the ocean right so i don't know maybe it's like the maybe the theory is still can hold water <laughs> but uh oh <laughs> I don't know. my it's, god it's
2: I mean, it's never really ever explained. It's
1: just yeah, like, it's, it's but it's totally... interesting to think about, you know.
2: Yeah, um, oof, there really is actually a lot, a lot that that uh, it's kind of going on in Ocarina of time. The the um, the civil war that's mentioned on the timeline as like happening right before that's uh, that would be the same conflict that um, Link's mother would have died from, and the reason why. Uh, Link was brought to the Deku Tree in the beginning. Yeah, right. that's
0: true,
1: too.
2: That's that's the catalyst for it.
0: Um, yeah, so um, when you are... So, obviously, the game begins with Link being the only kid in the forest who doesn't have a fairy, right? And it's, it's like, why doesn't he have a fairy? And then he finally gets one in the form of Navi, who is sent to him from the Deku Tree. And so... Um, it's funny because it almost like implies that he was picked on in the Kokiri Forest, or that you know he was Saria was like the only nice one to him, or something, because he he was this outcast who didn't have a fairy.
1: Well, it's not implied. It's like you see it in their attitudes when you talk to them, like when like when you go to the first area there.
0: Yeah, and then there's that one kid, uh, Mido, and he's just constantly like blocking you, and like he's just like you don't have a fairy, like you're a loser. Yeah, and dude. then you you go to the Deku Tree and the Deku Tree sends you off on this bigger mission. And then you find out later on when you turn into adult Link that, you know, part of the reason why uh, Linky can even turn into an adult is because he is, is not a Kokiri. The The Kokiris are like the only people you go back to as an adult that are exactly the same. And they're they're all little kids and they're like, whoa, you're huge. And then the, the uh, Deku Tree Sprout in the future, he tells you, hey, you know, you're a Hylian, you're not a Kokiri. There was a war and your mom came to this forest and she, before dying, left you here and we raised you as one of our own. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the Civil War plays into Link's origin directly in, in Ocarina of Time.
1: Um, uh, another th- cool thing about like the Civil War kind of thing is... There are like two areas in Ocarina Time that are highly suspect. <laughs> um, the first one being the Shadow Temple, the second one being underneath the well, right? Mm-hmm. So those places existed already, you know, and they're pretty horrific. They kind of imply like a torture and uh, like the bottom of the well specifically, there's a lot of like. Not torture. even a it's it's yeah. stronger
2: than that. Right, yeah. yeah, right.
1: There's like in the original version there's blood on the floor, you know, there's chains, there's cells, right? It's yeah. very um suspect
0: thing going on there, right? There's quite literally like guillotines too.
1: Yeah. So those places existed for a reason, right? And some of the, the temples in the game, they kind of imply that they're actual spiritual temples, right? And some of them are like Kind of like a, like the Forest Temple is almost like a castle, right? And the Shadow Temple is like obviously a place of like death and torture underneath the well as well. So those are things could have been used in the Civil War, you know, like prisoners of war and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and also, dude, one of the coolest memories I have of Ocarina of Time, and it's something that you can miss very easily when you play that game is if you, after um, after Ganon, you collect the three relics, right? And you get the Ocarina of Time, finally, for the first time. And you see Zelda running away and Ganon's chasing her and he shoots you in the chest with like a little beam and she throws the, the Ocarina back and then you grab it. And most people just, you know, the next thing to do in the game is to go straight to the Temple of Time and then you turn into an adult and you continue the game. But... In that moment, if you go through one of the back alleys of the of the uh, castle town, there's a soldier who's like in the back of the alley and he's like mm-hmm. on his deathbed and he yeah. only has like a few lines of text. Um, but, you know, it's almost like he was maybe it's almost like this civil war, even though it, you don't see it directly in Ocarina of Time, like through your gameplay, you don't see people at war. It's almost implied that it's happening. And. Um, or that guard could have also just trying to protect Zelda and Ganon maybe dealt That's what with
1: I took it. from so, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did as well.
0: Yeah. So, I, I
1: remember doing that, and I I don't know why. I'm like, I'm going to go back to this alley for some reason. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I had literally no reason to do it. I was like, oh, my God, he just died. Yeah. Like a little kid. <laughs> That's pretty creepy, though. Yeah. yeah. The, the N64 Zelda games are way darker than anything else in the series. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And also the other notable thing about Ocarina of Time is that it's the first time that we see Ganon, but in this case, it's Ganondorf. So, um,
1: Ganondorf,
0: Ganondorf, yeah, is, is, uh, he's the king of thieves, but he's born of the Gerudo. And in the Gerudo lore, there's only a male. It's an all female, uh, race of people. And a male is born like once every century, like yes. once every hundred years, they just have a male. So he's this guy that is born once every century. Like, think about how insane that is. Like, imagine growing up in a tribe where it's like, this is how important you are. There hasn't been one of you in a hundred years.
1: Yeah, he's definitely uh pretty busy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so he sets out to, you know, take over the uh, sacred realm and get the triforce. And he becomes for the first time in this in the timeline, is you know, Ganon, the the demon king Ganon, not demon king demise, demon king Ganon. So that's another interesting, like, reason for Ocarina of Time to exist.
1: Before we get to some more important things, another cool thing is this is the first time we see the the Gorons, right? They're kind of like a new race.
0: Were, were they in Four Swords and Minish Cap? I don't remember. Well, um, those
1: came sure. out after, right?
0: No, well, they yeah, come yeah, out afterwards, like, yeah. But you, are, I don't
1: remember them being in the game. Are
0: they?
2: Well, they're 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 in Skyward Sword.
1: Who the Gorons? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. There's the salesman. Oh, there's guys.
1: one Goron, right? There's the one Goron. There's a couple.
0: There's oh. like two or three. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. There's I actually could, in that game.
1: Uh, okay. I actually forgot about them.
0: Yeah. So okay. the most important part of Ocarina of Time in the timeline is that this is when the timeline splits into three different timelines. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, to, like, I'm not, when, when, with Time Paradox stuff, I am not very good at that. And it's still... I don't fully understand it. So, David, would you mind breaking down exactly how this split works or how it how did this happen and what is it what what is the split exactly?
2: Okay. Um so so at the end of Ocarina time, um you have you have Ganon defeated, um, and you have like that scene where you have Link and Zelda and they're in that like you know, they're in like the sacred realm or something um and zelda sends link back in time so he can like relive his childhood um basically like the act of sending link back in time and removing him from the continuity basically um it basically causes a situation where the past that link gets sent back to is kind of incompatible with the time that they're in and it it causes like just, it just causes the timeline to split, um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you have a situation where you haven't you have one timeline where Link is just gone, like he basically just vanished out out of time, um, and then you have another timeline where Link basically never does Ocarina of Time. Um, he just like tells Zelda and like tells the king, and they're like, okay, we got it, and then Link just like goes off to do to do majora's mask um but like it's it's that sending sending link back in time action that causes it um as for the the downfall timeline that's supposed to be like a what if like if link were to lose in the last battle versus ganon what would happen and it's like all right well that would lead into a link to the past
0: okay see so that was where my main question was because for me when i first saw it and it says in the timeline the hero is defeated the seven sages seal Ganon, King of Evil, uh imprisoning war begins. And then, yeah, that's the timeline that leads to a Link to the Past. When I read that, I was like, wait, they do they mean like because obviously, like when you play the game, there is no ending where Link is defeated by Ganon. It almost felt like it's like a fourth wall thing where it's like, hey, did you uh did you get stuck at the water temple and Kinda. you never finished it? <laughs> <laughs> if you did, this is what happened to the timeline because of you. You didn't finish this game, and now we have this whole other timeline where Link get stuck in the water temple or he's or he's defeated by Ganon um I think that's such a cool idea though because you can't really do that in a in a medium outside of video games where you're like it's technically because so many different people are playing the game differently it, it's like the story didn't end for a lot of people and we're gonna make a timeline for the people who maybe didn't finish the game or hypothetically you just lost you know what I'm saying like it Because it doesn't, you don't see Link lose in the game. That doesn't happen. But so it's almost like, wait, why did they put that there? Like, is it for? Is it supposed to be the people who didn't finish the game? You know what I'm saying? Like, does I actually
1: hate it? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't accept it. I could not accept that that was the reality. Because if you do that,
2: what's to stop you from just doing that for any game? yeah
1: exactly Or like anytime he dies at any point ever you know it's like oh, that, that's a, it's like, that's oh zelda type. zelda was busy that day and Link couldn't find her that that world ended you know yeah. <laughs>
2: but but i mean at the same time if that's the only uh rational way to resolve it then i guess it has to be true you know what i mean like right. if, if there's no way to reconcile like a link to the past into the zelda timeline unless Link loses in Ocarina of Time, then I guess that's what happens if Link loses at the end of Ocarina of Time. And it really is just a what if.
1: For me, when I, I got the impression that um, the Zelda lore in general was something that you should should only take game by game. You know, like mm-hmm. it, they're, they're more self-contained than people like to think they are but it's fun to connect them. And I think with like the latest update, they said like, ah, oh, I just use your imagination or something like that. <laughs> there was like a there was, a, there was a, um, an asterisk almost like, like it doesn't really matter. Like that's like kind of what they implied. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but it, it is like, there are, are obvious connections. So it's nice to have it laid out, but if they are allowing me to use my imagination, I'm saying that they're wrong.
2: <laughs> I do actually like um, like the theory of putting the the downfall timeline split, uh, moving it to Minish Cap, instead of leaving it at Aquarine of Time.
0: So explain that theory real quick.
2: In uh, in the Minish Cap, in the final boss fight with with Vati, um, it's uh, basically you start out at the bottom of Vati's palace, which is like in the sky or whatever. Um, And he has Zelda and he's doing, he's doing a ritual to steal the light force from Zelda. And the light force is supposed to be um, basically this triangle of like unspeakable, you know, like unlimited power that the Picori or the Minish uh, gave to the Hylians back in, back in the backstory. And Zelda is the one who possesses it. At the time, Vati was trying to steal it from Zelda, um, and you basically um, have to fight your way up the palace and then beat him. But um, basically, what's actually happening though is, um, if you pay attention, there's three bells that ring as the uh, as the uh, ritual is progressing,
3: mm-hmm. and when
2: the third bell rings, you actually get a game over. Like Vati succeeds he absorbs the light force and you get a game over like a dedicated game over screen. And you, you, you have to reload. And it's, it's not like Ocarina of time where it's like, Oh, you just died. Like, it's like, this is scripted in, like
0: there's a special
2: sequence where you fail. Right. Um, And the idea is if you put, if you put it there, you would then move four swords into the downfall timeline section. So that skyward sword it goes skyward sword minish cap ocarina of time because four swords would get moved to the downfall timeline
0: oh wow okay interesting yeah wow. it,
2: it's 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 very interesting well uh,
0: yeah, so then the split would happen that much sooner so what happen oh okay interesting and actually that makes a lot of sense too because then it kind of removes the thing we just made fun of about ocarina of time where you know the whole it, it kind of does feel a little cheap where it's like the hero is defeated it's like, all right, but that wasn't in the game. So it feels like you're doing something outside of the game. But in what you just described is in the context of the game, like it's actually there, it's designed into it. Um, So that, that's actually a really interesting theory. But um, so at this point, Ocarina of time splits the timeline, right? Um, So there's one bad timeline where the hero is defeated. That's what we, we just covered. But then there's two good timelines, two different good ones where the hero's triumphant. So we'll get into those in a minute. We're going to actually just go down the timeline of the heroes defeated, and that leads to A Link to the Past. And so let's just say Ocarina of Time, Link loses to Ganon. What happens to that Hyrule and those people and Zelda and all of that? Ganon succeeds according to this timeline. And in that timeline he where he succeeds and takes over everything, A Link to the Past takes place. And A Link to the Past obviously... The GOAT, the greatest game ever made, Super Nintendo, whatever. So it says that the seven sages seal Ganon, King of Evil, and the this leads to what is known as the era of the imprisoning war. Right. So even though Link died and he 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 failed miserably and he just got stuck in the water temple Jobber. and and, and the jobbers, you know.
1: <laughs> a pair of jobbers, they're meant it for was, each other.
0: The two humble jobbers tried to take down Ganon and he bodied them both. In that timeline, the sages actually succeed in another way of sealing Ganon eventually anyway, um, but Link is obviously lost in that. And so then that leads to the imprisoning war, which you actually see at the beginning of A Link to the Past. So A Link to the Past, the first game on this dark hero died timeline. And if you remember the beginning of A Link to the Past, it shows you know this this awesome artwork and like this little prologue where it shows like okay there's this King of Evil Ganon and he was sealed away by these seven sages and then begins A Link to the Past. Um, So this game is kind of uh, the first time that Ganon is resurrected. Because obviously Ocarina of Time in the timeline is the first time that you see Ganon in any form in the, the timeline. So he's, he's resurrected. Yeah, you see him in his full pig form and all of that. And the whole A Link to the Past is you reawakening those seven stages so that they can seal him away again. And it's the second time that the Master Sword is used in this. Uh, it's the third time that the Master Sword is used in this timeline. The first being... Skyward Sword, the second being Ocarina of Time, and then now in A Link to the Past. Is there anything uh, that stands out to you guys about A Link to the Past? David, you can go first.
2: The backstory presented by A Link to the Past actually doesn't really match Ocarina of Time, uh, which is supposed to be before it. The, the little prologue basically tells you the story that, um, you know, sometime before the events of this game, Ganondorf and his band of thieves broke into the sacred realm um ganondorf killed all of the other thieves uh and he claimed the triforce the full triforce and he made a wish to conquer the world and the triforce basically turned the sacred realm into a you know like a dark version of hyrule for him to like gather his power and then he would go and conquer hyrule but Remember in Ocarina of Time when Ganondorf broke into the Sacred Realm, uh, when he touched the Triforce it split. In a Link to the Past in the back in, in the backstory, he just got the full Triforce. Uh, and he made a wish. The only way that would that would mesh with Ocarina of Time would be if, you know, uh, if there's basically an event missing. Say like Ocarina of Time ends, um, Link dies ganondorf has you know has well i mean it would have to it, it would have to you'd have to stretch things because you basically have to say that ganondorf killing link taking the triforce from link and zelda would be basically equivalent to breaking into the sacred realm and taking the triforce but in the backstory to A link to the past the way the way that it happens is he gets the triforce the uh I forget if it's six or seven. It might actually be six. The six sages seal uh, Ganondorf inside the Sacred Realm. They they basically just trap him inside, and like that's where he was. Like he didn't die. He was just locked in the Sacred Realm until you know until Link finally uh, did what he did. Um, But yeah, like the the backstory is just like it doesn't match.
0: Right, and it's interesting because. I actually thought, at first I thought it did match because I thought what happened was that they sealed him in the Sacred Realm, but the Triforce is in the right. Sacred Realm. So I thought that that's how he got it. <laughs> but I don't think that's the way it works because it, it, clearly it's split, like you mentioned in Ocarina of Time. And so when you see it, when it says here in the Heroes Defeated Timeline, it says the seven stages seal away Ganon, somehow he gets the full Triforce after that point. And that leads into a Link to pass. And you're right. It's the, what creates the Dark World and the Light World that you play through in that game. I would actually
2: say well, that that uh, Ganon... I, I think hungry. I think Ganon has the Triforce by the time that he's sealed away. Cause I, well, I the, think, here's
1: the thing, right? It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't make me much sense. Oh, yeah. Because if Link is defeated, let's say that Link's defeated and that's how he gets that part of it, right? Also,
2: wouldn't they mention that?
1: <laughs> right? But... Zelda is clearly still alive if the seven sages seal him away, you know, because she's the seventh sage, right? True. So. Then how would he have her Triforce? Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. That doesn't really uh, work that way.
0: Oh. Well, the the other interesting thing about this that we should mention is that after the events of Ocarina of Time, it's actually impossible to kill Ganon because. once he touched the Triforce in the sacred realm in Ocarina of Time, and he got the Triforce of power, there was no way to actually kill him. Like he is actually like invincible, and you'll see him reappear many times in the the timeline and in different timelines, like or whatever. He he can't really be defeated. Like the only thing they can do is seal him away, and the Master Sword is the only Which thing that weakens him enough where they can seal him away. It's, so
1: if if we believe that that's true, right? And it's and not. It, and it's not, right? <laughs> because if if we, that's why that's why uh, I had my theory of Zelda one and Zelda two being uh, kind of their own separate thing, what the right? Heck is a
2: silver arrow,
1: right? The silver arrows overdo do it, right? And he dies in Zelda one, right? Mm-hmm. The whole plot of Zelda two is him being re- resurrected, not uh, uh, unsealed or whatever, right? Yeah, he's dead. He's dead, and you are trying to bring him back. Oh. you are trying to use Link's blood. To bring him back, which is kind of uh, morbid to think about, but because <laughs> when you when you get a game oh over in Zelda Two, it says wow. "Game Over" like uh, Ganon Return is resurrected. Ganon. yeah, so yeah, something like that. And you go, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> that iconic laugh, you know. And do you know why, why? that's happening?
2: It's 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 because they, uh canonically the way that works is um, in Adventure of Link, they need they, they need Link's blood in order to perform a ritual to resurrect Ganon. Yeah. So, when, so when Link dies, Ganon Everything gets resurrected.
3: Yeah,
0: that's insane. So after A Link to the Past, right, it, it ends with, uh, you know, at the end, Link actually gets the Triforce at the end of A Link to the Past. And the this whole split world is brought back to one and the Dark World is done and Ganon is sealed away at the end of that game. And then we go into... The next game on the timeline, right after A Link to the Past, again, we're still in the Heroes Defeated timeline. So if you're following along, like we'll we'll tell you when we jump to the other two splits. But right now, we're just on this one split where Link died in Ocarina of Time or did not beat Ganon. So at the end of A Link to the Past, this Link, this exact same Link, this is like the first time in the timeline. Actually, I think it might be the second time where yeah, so it's a, it's the second time in the timeline where canonically the same link is playing into a different game because usually it's been a different link. Like Skyward Sword is the first Zelda game in this timeline, but that link is not in any other, that link from that adventure, he is in no other Zelda games as of yet. The Minish Cap and Four Swords link is the same. And then Ocarina of Time is a new link and in A Link to the Past is a new link. And then that link goes into Link's Awakening. So at some point he gets onto a boat, leaves Hyrule, and the beginning of the game is him, you know, on some kind of ship in the middle of the ocean, and he hits a storm, and he becomes shipwrecked, and or does he? And he's on this new island. He's on this new island called Koholint, and he must awaken the Wind Fish in order to get back home. So. Um that takes place after Link to pass Past. It's an awesome too because if this is the same link from Link to the Past, this is like one of the most badass links in in all of Zelda and he's just like now he's on a whole another adventure and like it's so cool that it it's like he's already legendary for what he did in the other game and now he's on this completely new adventure on a new island. Um so is there anything um how, what, is there anything that makes this game Link's Awakening important in the timeline? It's actually, by the way, just full disclosure. I, I'm pretty sure, David, this is, you said dude, this is your favorite Zelda game. This is like my number two or number three favorite Zelda. Link's Awakening is godlike. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's my first Zelda game, so, um, but, but yeah, the, the uh, uh, link to the past. Link is like the most like the most traveled Link like ever he's he's been like he's been to so many places um the canonically what's what's uh if you believe that (laughs) canonically um, (laughs) what's going on here is at the uh basically at the end of a link to the past uh after after ganon's defeated link just like sets off to train for like the the manual says to train for new calamities uh basically to train for like the return of ganon or something um but uh going back to the the BS Zelda games there's the the other BS Zelda the Ancient Stone Tablets game um that 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 takes place 7 years after a Link to the Past and it is Ganon's return and the game tells you that the hero is is not around like they can't find him um and there's a little enemy you know the the little um from from minish cap the boss we're talking about the little choo choo guy or whatever his name is um there's one of those in link's awakening or or in ancient stone tablets and he says something like like the hero is asleep or the hero can't wake or something like that um but like canonically i think I, i think what's going on is ancient stone tablets is canon like it did happen and it happened at the same time as link's awakening
1: that's really interesting that, but you're not playing as Link in that it's game. It's not yet. a
2: Link. It's your Satellaview avatar. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a hero from a different dimension.
1: Yeah. He's got like a baseball cap and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. So. But whatever. Uh, then at the end of Link's Awakening, right? You awaken the windfish and it awakens Link, which is why it's called Link's Awakening. Because the spoiler for that is that. The whole, he was shipwrecked and he was trapped in his dream and he had to wake up from the dream. And the game is you playing through his dream to wake him up, it's which is real. just, so, oh my God, it's amazing, it's all, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all real. Is it?
1: Yes. If you believe yeah. that. Yes, of course it's real. If you believe that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has to be real in some capacity if because it's that. not simply a dream. Like, But it, it's really cool because I remember, so in Link's Awakening, it's it's the you see like, mario universe stuff like there's a chain chop there's goombas there's like mushrooms there's and kirby. stuff there's kirby there's yeah there's so many weird things and the way to explain it was that this is not part of hyrule or the zelda universe this is in link's mind and that's also why at the end of the game um the like the the final boss takes the form of ganon but it isn't ganon and it's almost implied that like you know this is link's greatest fear like taking form you know, and and it wasn't literally Ganon, but it was the same shape and move set. And obviously, if he is the same Link from a Link to the Past, um, it makes sense. Also, little did this he game...
1: know, little did he know that in the BS Zelda games, his worst nightmares <laughs> are coming true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey,
3: I mean,
0: and
1: it sucks to be Link. All right, Link is, like, Link. is not a very well treated. Uh, character in many different Zelda games. Wait until
0: we get to to the ultimate sad Link adventure that comes up. Yeah, later. we're talking but,
1: about it later.
0: But uh, so yeah, though what's interesting too is that this game also did come out right after A Link to the Past, so it's a direct sequel with the exact same Link, and it makes sense that those two worlds are are connected the way that the way that they seem to be. Then same after cover, that, basically. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Um. And then right after that, we have Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. And it's basically the this this adventure is in two other lands. And it's kind of like why you were saying that, like, this is the most traveled link. Like this is like he's been to like three or four different giant locations at this point in in this exact one link. This is like the most tortured link in all of Zelda. he's He's
1: not tortured. He's doing this on his own accord, you know?
0: That's actually true. That's yeah, kind of right. that's kind
1: of I, I was bringing up before. Uh, if you believe that, if you believe that, <laughs> <laughs> right? He he saves the world, right? Successfully. There's no question about it, right? He gets the Triforce, right? Puts it back. I don't want it, right? <laughs> well, he did use it.
0: All right. But, well, right. he used it. Yeah.
1: But it's like he, he doesn't like try to conquer the world, right? He yeah. is a bona fide hero, right? And then yeah. when he's done, he's like i'm not finished yet let's go it and yeah, prepare let's go,
0: you know let's save every other land and other problems and and i mean think about it if you if you were the link from a link to the past right he could have retired
1: up, he could have retired
0: dude if, if you wake up right and you're like oh my uncle's missing where is he and it's raining outside and you're like oh i'm gonna go to the castle and you go and he's dead in the basement of the castle like the beginning of the game you find your uncle just dead and he's just like oh i was i was in here like you got to you know, save Zelda or whatever. And so he ends up going from that to being a kid in the bed who just saw his uncle die. This is like like Batman, basically. He just becomes the greatest hero of that land and bodies everyone. If I was that guy, I would be so confident that I could go anywhere and just body anybody. I'd be like, dude, I'm going to go everywhere and body any problem that you guys have. And he, so- does, if you believe it. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so. Is there anything interesting about Orc of Ages and Seasons in terms of like the timeline? Is there any unique lore or anything about those those games?
2: Um, well, it's the first time we really get to see another country. For, oh, like, right. Like, like properly. Um, right. Two whole new, like basically just separate kingdoms.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Which is pretty cool. Um we get to see some cool new races like the Sabrosians who like live under the ground, like underground.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: maybe they built all the stuff in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. I don't know. Oh, we'll um, get to that. yeah. Let's see. Uh, another another game with time travel with the, the harp. And I don't know. Somehow that didn't break anything, I guess. So that's cool. They yeah, were are more
1: prepared.
0: <laughs> I guess we didn't die in this one.
2: Well, they didn't have Zelda around to ruin it.
1: There you go, one less jobber.
2: Zelda is is just a liability with time travel.
1: Yeah, so much wisdom still can't handle time travel. Just there, there a are people who
2: who, uh, who say that the Link in this game isn't actually the same one as A Link to the Past.
1: I've I've heard that before too.
2: Some people place it uh, between a link between worlds and the Legend of Zelda One. And some people place it after the adventure of Link. Right. And some place it in the adult timeline because of the ocean and stuff like that.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So um, the then after this game, it says the Triforce splits. So I'm assuming that they're referencing, okay, A Link to the Past, Link obtains the Triforce at the end of the game. He sets that world right. He ends the dark world, light world uh, dichotomy thing that they have going on. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, the Triforce splits again. It doesn't say how. And Oracle of Ages and Seasons don't really con- uh, talk about the Triforce much. So it's, it's not con- that contained in that game. Well, the Triforce um, actually
2: gives you your quest. Like the Triforce talks to you.
0: Oh, at the beginning of the game.
1: Yeah. I, I, don't, oh, know, I, right. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know what the deal with that was, but the yeah. I mean, honestly, I I played the Oracle games when I was a little kid. It's kind of weird, and I don't remember a lot about it. You know,
0: it's in it's in that very first first cutscene where you see Link on a horse, right? Yep. Yeah, right, and it's it's very much like the intro to a Link Link's Awakening. It's drawn very similarly, very similar art style. Um, but man. yeah, actually, I, I completely forgot about that. That's interesting. So at some point, that Triforce that was just talking to you goes, "Yo, dude, I got to split." And then he splits into a bunch of different About and then we have a link between worlds. And I actually, so it makes sense to me that this is a new link and not like going back to what you said earlier, where some people don't think that the same link from a link to the past and links awakening is the same from Oracle seasons and ages. Because I don't think links the link from a link between worlds is the same link. It's like it's not. It's not like it can't be the same exact area because it's a similar area to a link to the past, but it's not the same. And it can't be the same link. Otherwise, where would his stuff be? Like, wouldn't yeah. he have already solved this problem? It it doesn't even make a reference to it. Like, I'd there's certainly no... say it
3: was his descendant,
1: though.
0: Exactly. That's that's kind of what it feels like. Same, yeah, 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 same house. <laughs> yeah. So low rule invades high rule in a link between worlds. So it's interesting because somehow after Link solves the split Dark World uh, thing from a link between the link to the past, somehow there's like still this other mirrored version of Hyrule that exists that is very similar to the Dark World earlier in the timeline. And it's called Low Rule. And the Triforce returns to Hyrule's sacred realm. Let me get this
1: straight, though. This is not the same world. This is a different. This is a different. is completely separated. Different world. Yeah, it's it's, separate it's, from it's, the dark realm.
0: Exactly. It's separate. But it, obviously it looks very similar, but it is separate.
1: You have the same theme song. <laughs> yeah. the it has path. those
0: same like tentacle monsters, those creepy ass answers.
2: Yeah. The dark world in a link to the past is the corrupted sacred realm. Whereas whereas Low Rule is like closer to Termina as it's like a like a parallel dimension or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not inherently like evil. It's literally just a darker, yeah, it's just an inverted, uh, parallel universe.
1: Yeah. Um, lot of interesting things in that its own world, uh, of Link being a coward, you know, like, yeah, um, uh, Hilda,
0: Hilda instead of Zelda. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's like aggressive, right? Yeah. She's not like the peaceful Zelda. So she's, yeah. like, manipulative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she's the, the opposite of a jobber. She's purposely doing the job I bad. I don't
1: know, man. <laughs> she did all right. She did I all right know. for herself, but it wasn't to her because of her. I, d- yeah. I don't
2: really know if the whole, like, like opposite virtues thing, I don't know if that was, like, per- like, like I don't know if it was always like that. Because you know how, like, they basically wished away their Triforce I don't know yeah. if like that's when they became cowardly or like was it always like that?
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny because so the big twist in that game is in the beginning of the game, Link is met with, by Ravio and Ravio is the, this guy who has all these weapons and all these items that you have in classic Zelda games and he's like, oh, I'll rent them to you and he's this guy wearing a bunny suit, a purple bunny suit. So Interesting. later on, you find out that he's you're uh, throughout the game, you're meeting the um, the inverted like parallel universe version of every character. So there's Zelda in the main universe and then there's Helda in the low rule universe. And you're constantly meeting everyone's like parallel double, right? And you, I, I was playing the game. I never even thought like, wait, wouldn't Link have a, a double? And of course, his double ends up being Ravio. You find out at the end of the game. And it's so cool because in A Link to the Past, when Link is is transformed, when he's sent to the dark world, for the first time, he takes the form of a bunny, and so that's where Ravio's outfit comes from. It's a reference to that, which is interesting so, in itself.
1: That yeah. I mean, in links to the past. I wonder why they chose a bunny. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's not a random decision. It's like, ah, you're a bunny, not a wolf, something like that, yeah. right? right. <laughs> something, something that's more like associated with courage and bravery or hero, um, heroism
0: heroism yeah right, right.
1: it's uh he's a bunny he's a little cute bunny yeah tries his best
0: so you end up i ended up liking lonk the alternate universe link lonk. like at first i was like oh the, he's this he's not the courageous link and that's why there's all these problems But he's this item salesman which is really really cool
2: uh, he redeems himself
0: yeah he does For
2: absolutely sure.
0: And then we have the next game in that timeline. After Link Between Worlds, we have Triforce Heroes. The royal family uses the Triforce. Prosperity gives way to decline with Hyrule reduced to a small regional power. So that's an interesting thing because that right there, that little sentence after Triforce Heroes and in between the next game and Triforce Heroes, it's basically saying the royal family uses the Triforce and it, it basically fixes everything. And prosperity gives way to decline with Hyrule reduced to a small regional power. So it's almost like saying, like, things were going really well. And the, all that prosperity meant, like, a decline for their civilization. And, like, it's that's such a weird sentence in the timeline. Like, yeah, it, you could almost make, like, 20 games <laughs> just in that, right? Like, how... It's, it's how, a little how, weird. Um, yeah. Like... What do you guys think of that? So, uh,
2: in Legend of Zelda... Uh, the NES game, the the royal family basically controls the Triforce. Like, I don't think they're like using it constantly, but basically, like th- like the royal family like is like watching over it and they're guarding it rather than like rather than it being like split with three people or like kept in the sacred realm. Like, I think it was like, like kept like in the castle.
3: Right. Um
2: and yeah, I don't like somehow somehow Hyrule crumbles between a Link Between Worlds and Zelda One and it's not really explained how. It's just Ganon came back and people weren't ready and they got bodied. <laughs> Kinda like in Breath of the Wild. Like it's just another it's just another calamity. The calamity, right. calamity struck, they weren't ready, they lost.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting that it's uh, um, in the first of the game, the the triforce pieces are all in places where they're not sealed away. You know, they're kind of just in these dungeons, right? Mm-hmm. They're not like behind some magical barrier or in a different realm. They're just out out in the open, basically,
2: showing in in a chest.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. So that, that kind of gives uh credence to what they're saying that the the family was kind of using it right
0: yeah like the family the best they could do is hide them in these dungeons with these like you know very elementary traps and yeah. uh, you know like it's obviously not like a sacred yeah. realm or anything
1: yeah so what uh is interesting is maybe the use of the triforce like repeatedly is kind of what brings Ganon back right? It could be right, like some sort of like uh, demise curse, right? And then like yeah. that kind of like sets it off almost. Does that make I any yeah. sense? Not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I'm, think, just to, I'm just trying to spitball things here, so I, I don't I know. I think
2: I think what I think the deal with Ganon reviving is, I think it's unrelated to Triforce usage, and I think it's really just a case of whenever hyrule like gets its act together that is always the moment when ganondorf resurrects it's like it's almost funny how it's like clockwork every time hyrule is able to finally like like reach stability ganon resurrects he and he knocks them down and then they have a period of destruction period of rebuilding and then a golden age and then rinse and repeat and it's just like over and over and i think it's just it's just destiny like i it's it's literally that it's just like the the curse mentioned in skyward sword it's just it's just reality
0: right yeah and so th- that you know this is all taking place in the first zelda game the legend of zelda on the nes and it says here that ganon returns but he is defeated which is obviously what you play through in the game and the hidden Triforce of Wisdom is located, um, which so in that game you collect the Triforce, right? Well, and o- it's, it's only
2: two pieces.
0: Ah, uh, only two, right? Does it? And I'm assuming Ganon is the the third piece. So you collect no, the. No, Ganon has.
2: Um, does Ganon actually have the Triforce of Power? I don't know, but the Triforce of Courage is isn't seen in that game. It's only in the Adventure of Link where Link finds it. It's just two pieces in the first Zelda game. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of strange.
2: You you have the Triforce in the first Zelda game, and there's two pieces. Like, what's up with that?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. And then, um, yeah, so then that leads to Adventure of Link, and that's the final game in the Hero is Defeated timeline. This whole time that you've been listening, we've just been in the timeline of games after Link in Ocarina of Time loses. And Adventure of Link is the final one. We kind of talked about it a little bit where they're trying to resurrect Ganon using Link's blood. And this game is very, very, that has so many. This is one of the most, this is probably the most unconventional Zelda game in the whole series, like in in a lot of different ways. Um, So it says the ancient Prince of Zelda returns and the hidden Triforce of Courage is found. So just like you said, the, the Triforce of Courage is not in the original Legend of Zelda, but it's found in Adventure of Link. Um, is there any other important notes in the timeline that regard Adventure of Link? The,
1: the right word says one of the best games ever made right there. <laughs> that's part of the timeline.
0: In my opinion, this is the first Souls game. It's based <laughs> on combat. It has the same like structure of like, I feel like the people who made the Dark the Souls games, they were like, let's just make Legend of Zelda 2 in 3D. And that's kind of what those games are. They're hard and they're just like the same combat <laughs> type of thing. And that's not a diss. Like yeah. those games are awesome. Mm-hmm. That's actually a compliment. But um, as as far as the timeline and the lore, does does anything jump out about Adventure of Link that we didn't already cover?
2: Um, well, it's uh, it's got a pretty big map. Uh, the the actual map in a Link uh, or Adventure of Link is actually pretty big, and it, it's it. Uh, I think there's even like a, like a like a like a like a place called like Maze Island or something. It's like this whole. It's hard to tell how big it is because it's like they they had to draw the map to scale to include like, you know, a minimum tile size. So it's like it looks bigger than it really is. But but right. Uh, you know, besides for like Breath of the Wild, I, f- I feel like that, that that was like actually one of the bigger maps.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, interesting thing about that game is all the cities, they're, they're the names of the sages in uh, Ocarina of Time. There's
2: a reason for that.
1: Oh, can you explain that?
2: Uh, so have you heard of an old gaming expo called Space World?
1: Yes.
0: Yes.
2: So there, there was a uh, um, a cart, an old, an old uh, 1998 Space World cart that was recently dumped that had a bunch of like beta Ocarina of Time stuff on it, and it seems like there's like basically uh, scraps from three different builds. And one of the builds of Ocarina of Time was to be a sequel to Adventure of Link. And the sages were meant to be named references to the towns.
0: Right, yeah. And actually, you can look up that footage. There's like some early Ocarina of Time footage that looks nothing like the final game, but it's like the first time they ever showed the game. And Link is very much, he looks like he does in Legend of Zelda 2. Like, the brown hair and, like, the same um, color scheme on his outfit. And I remember in, in interviews, Miyamoto said that at that time, they were considering even making uh, Ocarina of Time first person because it was supposed to be more combat-driven right. or, like, more focused on combat. And that's really the thing that defines Zelda 2 is that the, in, in the other Zelda games or, like, Zelda 1, um, you know, the enemies are almost just obstacles that are, like, in your way. But in Zelda 2, it tough. was like, you no, know, no they're tough and you need to like the game is focused around you learning how to fight these enemies and another cool little easter egg is that link's entire move set in smash brothers has always been based off of zelda 2 uh link um it's the same like the down air is the pogo where he puts the sword oh, down yeah, beneath right. him, and it's like the down tilt is very similar the jabs are the same because it was like oh sakurai was designing you know link for smash brothers he's like oh they already made a a move set for him in 2d it's You know, Zelda 2, the other Zelda games are top-down views, so it doesn't really match up as well. Um, But yeah, so Zelda 2, and that is the the final game in that timeline. Which may
2: have never happened.
0: Which may have never happened because, again, that all is dependent on, in Ocarina of Time, if Link is defeated or not. Um, And so we move on to the second little part of the timeline. So the second split is the hero wins. But there's two different versions of the hero winning. So in this first version of the hero winning, it's called the child timeline. And it's basically Ganondorf's plot is stopped. So the way that this one works is that when you play Ocarina of Time. Right. And you meet Princess Zelda for the first time. So you you, you know, you you free the Deku Tree of his problems or whatever. And he sends you to, to, to Hyrule Castle. You cross Hyrule Field. Um, Link goes, sneaks into the castle and he meets Zelda. They're both children and she tells him that she's been having these, these visions of like something really bad happening and she's looking through this window and she asks you to come look through the window with her so that she can show you something and you see Ganondorf walk in and bow before the king. And she's like, that guy right there, that's the problem. And I know for sure that he's going to betray us all and he's doing something else. And you're both kids at this time. So in the child timeline, it's basically uh, after Ocarina of Time at the very end of the game, the last frame of the game is that Zelda sends you back in time to live out your childhood. She's like, I feel bad about this whole thing. I'm a jobber. I ruined it. And, you know, now that we defeated Ganon, you need to go back to how things were. Like, I can't ruin it even more. Yeah, (laughs) let's let's ruin things even more. And I can't just, like, let you be this adult that missed his his childhood. So I'm going to send you back. So she sends you back. And the last frame of the game before the end credits is Link going back to that courtyard and meeting Zelda. But now it's after the events of that. Like, they both know what happened. And they are both children now. And he basically stops everything from happening with ganon in that moment in the window as children by just you know it's implied that he just tells them about it and they stop it without it ever you know taking place so in that timeline we have majora's mask and that is the direct sequel to ocarina of time again it's the exact same link from ocarina of time and the game begins with him and Zelda in the Temple of Time. They're both kids. So it, it's like, it, it's so cool how it takes place like right after what you just saw in Ocarina of Time. So they somehow stop Ganon as children. They avoid the whole thing as adults. And Link is bummed because, dude, this guy is miserable in this universe. Like this Link, I feel so bad Part for because he's He's made fun of for not having a fairy, right? Yeah, so his gets,
1: whole childhood is miserable.
0: Yeah, to the to the point where there's a drawing outside of his house in 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 the Kokiri forest of a dinosaur eating a fairy. You know, like he he drew a dinosaur on his little tree stump, and he he finally gets a fairy, and it's it's actually just the Deku Tree feeling like yeah go go to this kid and bring him to me or whatever, and then sends him off on this adventure. The adventure ends up ruining his life. Zelda tries to fix it, sends him back to being a kid, but the fairy is like, oh, my job is done. We saved the day. I have to leave. So the fairy leaves, and that's Link's only friend. So, what does he do at the beginning of Majora's Mask? After Ocarina of Time, he goes into the Lost Woods to go find his long lost friend. And they show Zelda and him in the Temple of Time he has his ocarina she gives it to him he has a, a very young epona which they don't get into how he got that because you can't ride epona as a kid in ocarina of time but <laughs> he, he gets epona and he starts off in he goes into the lost woods and he's searching for his long-lost buddy and of course in the forest he meets skull kid and the skull kid basically bodies him in the middle of the forest steals his stuff steals his horse steals his ocarina, and uh, runs off, and then the adventure of Majora's Mask begins. So, is there anything about... what? How is Majora's Mask important in in the timeline, or is there any interesting lore or anything that is, like, unique to Majora's Mask?
1: Okay, so, um, if this is, like, an alternate... Well, if we... As we understand Majora's Mask, Termina is, like, an, uh, a parallel... World to Hyrule, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
1: And, but there is like a a gate of sorts, right, to get there.
0: You mean like so in the beginning of Majora's Mask when he's chasing the Skull Kid, he falls down what looks like this huge gate, like it's like a huge hole into the ground. Yeah. That's what you mean by the gate, yeah. yeah.
1: Basically, right. Like it's,
0: it's not. It's, it's not immortal.
1: a. It's a. It's but yeah. it's a physical place, right? It's not like a. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a physical
2: place in like a different dimension or something.
1: Yeah, right. Like, what I'm saying, I'm saying the portal is a physical place, in another world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first well, of all, that's interesting probably. in general because most, most, uh, most of the parallel universe stuff in the Zelda world have always been uh, through magical items, right? Yeah, and in this game, it's like a, it's physical, right? and the people or the race rather who created the majora's mask. The majora's mask didn't come from nowhere, right? It was created. That's mm-hmm. from what, what it's the implication of the game. And um that race may actually be in other Zelda games. But I think we could get into that a little bit later.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's I think it's I think it's implied that the creators of Majora's Mask uh were from Hyrule and not from Termina.
3: And it's that's also my thoughts,
0: at least. Yeah, and it's also, you know, that the happy mask salesman, he is a core character in Ocarina of Time, right? And at in that game, all you know about him is that he's in Castletown, he sells you masks, and that's it. But then he becomes this central character in Majora's Mask because the Skull Kid stole the mask from him. And he ends up telling you, you have to get this mask back from from this, this Skull Kid um, and that this mask has some kind of supernatural abilities and that it was made by an ancient tribe a long, long time ago. And th- the, this is not something that is safe for him to have. So this game is very interesting in the timeline because in a way it's almost like the a Link's Awakening where it's not necessarily that it's a dream. But there are a lot of, there's you can interpret this game a lot of different ways. And one of the common popular ways that it's interpreted interpreted as via game theory, which is a famous YouTube channel, is that in Zelda lore, right? In, in Ocarina of Time, they tell you that anyone who gets lost in the Lost Woods becomes a Stalfos. And the Stalfos are those skeleton creatures that are in all these Zelda games, right? So you actually see that uh, apparently a lot of the Kokiris, it's speculated that in Ocarina of Time, a lot of the Stolfos are Kokiri kids who were lost in the Lost Woods and they become these, these, these skeletons. So Link goes off into the Lost Woods to find his friend, right? And he ends up falling down this hole and it's strange that this universe of Termina is inhabited by all these people that look exactly like the people from Hyrule that he that he knows. There's no real new characters. It's like almost all of them are, you know, characters that he's met before.
3: Yeah.
0: So it's populated by all these people he knows, right? And it's very strange. Like like you said earlier, he's falling through this hole, but it, it doesn't look like you just fell through a, a hole, like a, a, a like a tunnel or something. It it's like a giant hole into an abyss and somehow that leads him to like another city like almost underground like it's very very supernatural and very weird and it doesn't make physical sense and it, it seems making... like
2: deliberate though too
0: exactly there's,
2: there's, like a pathway leading out from where he landed and stuff
1: and then when yeah. you go through that path like the, the game like twists and turns and shifts right Yeah. and then strings yeah. out like, like
2: gravity is shifting
1: yeah something like that you know like it's very like uh deliberate um like this is not normal you know like it's like an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing Exactly. exactly
0: yeah and and the thing about this I feel like this game more so than any other Zelda game all of the story elements and themes of this game seem way more deliberate like sometimes when we're talking about the timeline it's like oh what if this is connected to this and it's like with Majora's Mask, it feels so intentional. It really feels like there's too many things that connect for you not to think that they're real or that intentional from the designers. So he the, the place is called Termina, right? So he, he goes into this alternate universe, it feels like, and it's called Termina. And this the, the game theory is really, it was really cool because they interpreted it as it meaning terminal, as in meaning like- end. Or something yeah or like this is the in between phase between you you uh passing like you're in the terminal you're in the in between of like you're on the way out and link is actually writing all these wrongs with these people that exist in this world that he kind of knows and, and it's it's very interesting how the game is all about sadness remorse loss and you know there's many characters in this game that are dead or dying and the entire world is about to end in these three days there's so much dark stuff and it feels really deliberate with this game. And it feels like it's almost like it didn't really happen, but it did. And the 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 central theme of the game is also that the Skull Kid, you know, he is, he's possessed. You find out later on that he's possessed by rage because he lost his friends, right? So his friends were the giants, the four giants that you meet. And apparently at some point they turn his, their back on him. And he becomes this raging, like, filled dude. And he finds these two fairies. And then he gets the Majora's Mask. And the Majora's Mask, it, like, powers up that rage into, you know, wanting to end the world or whatever. And it's interesting how that ties directly into Link was looking for his friend when he got lost in the forest and encounters the Skull Kid. And they go on this adventure. And at the end of the game, you know, the Skull Kid is restored. And he gets his friends back. And he's happy. Well, rather,
1: he accepts that even though the Giants aren't going to be there, that they're still friends. It's not that they abandoned him. Right. It's just that there's going to be distance between them.
0: Yeah. And so a lot of the game theory is that Link is dying in Termina, right? But the way I interpreted it was actually that it was him. It was almost like you were playing through him processing the the loss of his friend and accepting it and at the end of the game you see him riding off into the light in the lost woods and it feels like it's almost like oh okay through this whole adventure which may not have happened it might have happened like in his mind he he kind of just accepts that he's not going to find navi and it's all about accepting loss and accepting that you can't have this person or this thing that you wanted this whole time well, so that's um, how i interpreted that whole game
1: you well want to hear the counter to that wait before, before we get before we get to that right okay. <laughs> um i think that even if uh your theory the game theory are are, are correct or incorrect right <laughs> yeah right um i think the most important thing is that the game has motifs and themes of death and acceptance, and a lot of those things, right? And even if those theories aren't correct, that doesn't mean those themes don't exist within the game, right? I think that's a lot right. of people... For sure, for sure. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when they say, like, uh, when they give these theories out. It's like, those things definitely do exist in the game.
0: You know? Yes, yeah. But right. uh, sure. you,
1: can, you can go you are going to say.
2: You have, you have characters who are openly... Uh, you know, openly accepting that they're they're about to die, like, or not uh, accepting they're
1: gonna die. they right, right, or, or
2: not. Um, my favorite example is um, I I forget the Treminian names, but uh, Milan her, her version in in mature Andrew has. Andrew right
1: no no wait no I'm no wrong. the younger one Romagic?
0: yeah Andrews Rom- yeah Romani <laughs> Romani Ranch I forget
2: I don't know but. <laughs> You have that whole sub arc with with the aliens and the UFOs and stuff.
0: Well, yeah. okay,
1: but they're not actually aliens. They're they're ghosts that look like aliens. There's they're something. spirits. They're spirits.
2: They're something.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're um, very uh, non-descript in how they actually what they actually are.
2: Yeah, uh, but but like at the on like on the third day, or like there, there's there's I'm pretty sure there's like the whole thing about um, Romani or or whatever the little girl's name is wanting to have some Chateau Romani, which is like this alcoholic like milk, basically. Um,
1: it's it's like applied a, to be that way, at least. Yeah,
2: it's like their alcohol. I don't know. But on yeah. on the last day, her older sister just lets her have it. Um, and she's, she's like melancholy about it. But it's like, you know, keep the innocent innocent. Uh, let them enjoy something before they get killed by the moon.
0: Yeah, the, it's at the end of the world, and it's like, ah, uh, whatever, just let her have it, because this is all going to hell anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but back, back on the Link is Dead theory, um, when you watch the ending of the game, he has the uh, mirror shield that you get in Termina.
0: Right. Oh, that's right!
2: So it can't be just uh, in his head.
0: Wow. He, he has
2: physical items from Termina in Hyrule at the end. Yeah, um, if oh you God. believe that <laughs> <laughs> if you believe
1: that you actually made it back <laughs> but that is a, that is a good counterpoint
0: yeah and i mean it's it's almost like uh yeah it, it that's that's really interesting cuz the, the other thing about this is that and we're going to get into this with the next game but this link is so we mentioned how the link to the past link is like the most badass link of all the links. Like, he's so traveled. He like stops all these problems across way, many different lands. Ocarina of Time link is the most depressing link in the story, man, because Ocarina of Time ruins his life. He goes into Majora's Mask, now wait, Now, wait,
1: does he ruin, it, ruin his life, right? He gets to see the failures, you know? Yeah. He gets to see Hyrule in this decrepit state. His friends are miserable. You know, like, yeah. he gets to see the worst of it, too. Not only does does everything go wrong, he gets to see the full effect of it being wrong.
0: Yeah, and then he goes into Majora's, he loses his, his only buddy, which is the fairy that he, you know, completed the adventure with, goes into Majora's Mask, and he never finds that fairy. And the last shot that we see of this Link in the, the canon, or maybe not, we'll get to that, uh, is him riding off into the Lost Woods and the last, I remember seeing the end credits of Majora's Mask recently again, and it's like the last frame is like not this heroic, happy shot. It's a very somber shot of him just like he's just leaving. He's just riding off into the forest, like whatever. We don't know what's gonna happen. That sucks. It's a, it's a yeah. It's a very <laughs> sad, well,
1: that sucked. Back looking <laughs> like, for <it's> that
0: fairy. <laughs> very sad way to see that hero end up. But then we get to the next game in the timeline. And again, just to make sure everyone's keeping up, this is in the child timeline where the children in Ocarina of Time stop Ganon from everything and whatever. Twilight Princess. So Ganondorf, King of Thieves, is banished to the Twilight Realm and the Twilight invade the kingdom of Hyrule. Then Ganondorf returns, but is defeated by Link. So it's true. (laughs) Yeah, this is all facts, by the way. This is all historical facts. So What's really interesting about Twilight Princess and why is this game interesting in the timeline?
2: Well, it introduces several new uh several new races. Um you have the Oka and you have the Twilight um which may both be the same people, maybe not. They may be people we've seen before, maybe not. Um their origins are kind of uh a mystery. Um we Ganon uh Ganondorf actually has a uh a cool uh a cool little uh backstory in this game because he um in the beginning of the game like in the backstory of the game, the sages try and execute Ganon. Like just straight up kill him. Yeah. And he like it appears like he just gets the Triforce of Power right at that moment, and he like starts to, starts to go Ganon, like starts to turn into Ganon, and then yeah. they panic and they seal him in the Twilight Realm. Um, and that only happened, in my opinion, because Zelda goofed up and sent Link back in time. Because Explain. because what it did, when um when Link was sent back in time at the end of Ocarina of Time he still had his piece of the Triforce. Um, it was still split up among the three. Uh, when Link left that timeline, the Triforce of Courage in that timeline shattered. It left Link because Link left that continuity. The Triforce of Courage left Link and it shattered into eight pieces and you had to recollect it in Wind Waker. Right. When Link showed up in the child timeline, he has a Triforce of Courage. You can see it on his hand in the end like in the end sequence so basically what is said to have happened is when link went back in time as soon as link went back in time like arrived in that new time uh the triforce forcibly split because link was supposed to have the triforce of courage um and as soon as that happened zelda would have gotten her triforce piece and gannon would have gotten his and he had no idea until he was about to be killed and it awakened and that's why it's called the divine, the divine prank in the games. Cause like, why did this even happen? How did you even have this? And it's all because of how Ocarina of Time ended.
0: Right. Interesting. And also, so this is the same Ganon from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Same guy. Right. So this is, again, like this is a different link, different Zelda. This is many, you know, maybe centuries later, but this is the, this is the first time that we see the exact same Ganondorf. The, the human form of Ganon, before he you know becomes the monster, this is the first time we've seen him in another game as well, according to the timeline. There, there's another example later on. But, yeah, this is the same Ganon from Ocarina of Time. Probably he like
2: 15 old. years older than what we saw in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Just he looks by, much
0: by older. Right, exactly. Um, so the reason why... I didn't say that this is the last time Majora's Mask was the last time we saw that link riding off into the forest is because one of the coolest things in the whole Zelda timeline to me is how I was playing through Twilight Princess. And as you're playing through the game, there is like this weird, like new other dimension that you go into. You see like this ghost looking wolf, right? And when you see him, he takes you into like this white, cloudy dimension and this giant skeleton comes out with a sword and shield and he teaches you like new techniques. He's teaching you the techniques of like the ancient hero. And he's also left-handed. Ooh, he holds a sword with the left hand. <laughs> and of course, infamously, every link except for the skyward sword link is left-handed up until this point in the timeline. And it's a very this is a very purposeful um and, and very, like, this is not even speculation. Like, it's very much intended by the designers that that Stalfos link that teaches you all that stuff is the link from Majora's Mask. And he gets stuck in the forest, and he becomes a Stalfos. And he's the guy that teaches you all these sword techniques in Twilight Princess. Yeah,
1: this is, this is the why he's the most, like, punished link. Because he doesn't even get to have, like, an ending of death you know like release you know he's like forced to be a stalfos for like x like amount of years forever you know like he I has actually no... don't
2: think he's a stalfos
1: yeah i mean it it's a, definitely an interpretation thing but if you believe yeah. that if you believe if that, you believe that <laughs> if you believe if he <laughs> that he's the stalfos which is <laughs> you know it's very very hinted that, that he is you know yeah uh it's a, it's like a pretty horrible fate to have you know
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and Twilight Princess is actually one of the coolest games in the series when it comes to the lore stuff. Um, one of the other interesting things is this is the first time we see the Twilight in any of the Zelda games. But if you look at the timeline, the Twilight are actually the first race that you see, like really in the, the early text of the timeline. Like if you look, it's creation, then skyward sword, and then banishment of the Twilight. Mm-hmm. And then the Minish Cap. So the Twilight have, exi- have existed in, in, ter- in the sacred realm or wherever they were banished to. And part of the canon of Twilight Princess is that Ganon is sealed away at the end of Ocarina of Time, right? In this timeline where the children stop Ganon successfully, he's sealed away. And it's, it's basically said that he's sealed away in the same place that the Twilight are. And he uses the Twilight to break free and to cause all the problems that are in Twilight Princess, which is it's, really, really cool. It's
2: actually said that they the Twilight Race's hatred was so powerful that Ganon was able to just feed off of it for long enough that he was powerful enough to uh to come back basically. Right. To break out.
0: Yeah. Is is there is there anything else about Twilight Princess in terms of lore or in terms of interesting theories that really stands out?
1: Well the um, interlopers are like an interesting thing.
0: Explain that.
1: So basically, they're kind of these like sorcerers or something. They were fighting for the Triforce as well, you know, in that time period. The interlopers, are, think, I think, I might be getting this wrong, but um, they were the ones that got sealed into the Twilight Realm. Yeah. Am I correct on that? hmm And they're the ones that create are creating all these mystical powers like the... So, Minna in the game has like this uh, helmet of sorts, right? That gives her power.
2: The Fused Shadow.
1: Yeah. And the the interlopers are the ones that created it. And I'm not saying that this is correct or even that I believe it, but it's an interesting way to think about it. Is that some people have speculated that the, the things in Majora's Mask are creations of the interlopers.
0: Oh, that makes sense. The, yeah, the it's it's, uh, it's
1: it's an interesting thought for sure.
0: Wow. I don't know
1: how you're saying that's right. I'm just saying that's an interesting thing to think about, you know?
0: Yeah, right. I think it's plausible. Yeah. So then in Twilight Princess, right, we have this character that they introduced at the beginning named Midna, right? Now, Midna is in an imp form. So she is, it's almost like, the low rule and the dark world stuff that we talked about earlier in this timeline, it takes the form of the twilight realm as opposed to it being like high rule and low rule. And Midna is almost like, she's almost like the Zelda of that. She's the twilight princess, you know, she's the princess of the twilight. And so Ganon and uh, taking over that realm, you know, um, he basically shatters the, the uh, few shadow and he turns her into an imp, or someone from the Twilight turns her into an imp. Is it it's confirmed? Us, or- it's Zant. It's Zant, right. Okay. Oh, right. Because Zant is using Ganon. He's using the Serpent King. Her. He, he, he dethroned yeah. her. Right. And so he becomes the King of the Twilight, and she becomes this imp form. And so you're helping her in the game get the few Shadow back, and then you take over Zant. You actually kind of beat Zant a little bit early in the game. Uh, Because then you find out that the real bad guy is Ganondorf. The whole time you thought it was Zant. And then you find out that Ganondorf is... He's the one who's controlling Zant. And he's literally a puppet in this game.
1: Oh, wait. One thing I wanted to say about Twilight Princess, my bad. Is the... when, when, When Midna returns to the Twilight Realm, right? The gate that she goes through is like... It looks like the same kind of gate that's in Skyward Sword when Link goes back in time.
2: It certainly looks similar.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely like, like especially when he's actually walking through it, right? Yeah. You know, so the interlopers are very like, it could be like the interlopers could have been like a split from the Sheikah almost, you know? Because the Sheikah are the ones that created the the time gate in um, Skyward Sword. So it's you know it's interesting to think about you know
2: there there's um there's some interesting theories going around in the circle of people that that I talked to uh, about this that the interlopers were basically a combination of like Sheikah and Gerudo, and like maybe maybe like some forest dwellers or something it's that, that's kind of a rabbit hole but but like basically it's it's like Shika and Gerudo, basically uh, but like. A lot of the Twilight Realms technology, like, looks like Shika stuff, like you know, glowing orbs and like schematic-looking light designs, and like it just looks like Shika stuff.
0: Did they ever in Skyward Sword? So that that's the first game in the timeline, but it, it's also the first time canonically that there's any kind of time travel because there is some time yeah. travel in that game. Did they ever? So Impa is is guarding the 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 you know that stone that turns into the time machine, right? And it's implied they don't really tell you exactly where th- that that time machine came, came from did they ever like detail that because it would be very interesting if it was the same exact uh you know the thing that becomes the mirror that they time traveled through in Twilight Princess I mean the, the pattern is so similar like it's well, almost the exact same pattern
2: they don't time travel through the mirror the the mirror is only
0: um oh it, it's a portal to the Twilight Realm
2: yeah it Honestly, it more closely resembles the Dark Mirror and Four Swords Adventures, where it's basically a portal to a different dimension. Um, Mm. But it is similar to the Gate of Time in the sense that, um, you know, within the Zelda universe, what really is a different timeline other than just a different dimension that resembles the other one? So it's like, you know, Gate of Time is just a portal that brings you to a different dimension that looks like Hyrule. Whereas the mirror is just like a different dimension. So like they're two different kinds of the same umbrella type of artifact, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then we have lots of portals, lots of portals. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of uh, alternate universes and portals. So the final game in the child timeline, and we're actually almost done with the entire timeline as a whole. The final game in this split is the four swords adventures. And that is where Ganondorf is reincarnated as Demon King Ganon. The demon Vati returns, but is defeated. Link seals away Ganon using the Force Sword. If so it's interesting that. because if you believe <laughs> any of this, yeah, if you believe it. So what's interesting is that, um, so earlier we talked about you know the Minish Cap and Force Sword and how the Force Sword came to be and all that. That was before the timeline split. So this is the only time that we see a return. Of Vati and the Four Sword from before the timeline split, and yeah, this is really cool. Like they brought that character back, and the the Four Sword is actually powerful enough to seal away Ganon. Because before this, somehow, one of these, um, somehow. Yeah, somehow. Because one of the things you'll notice is Yikes. in no, it's in, in no other every other time that you see Ganon, they need the Master Sword to seal him away. But in this thing, the Master Sword was not needed. Twilight Princess is the last time they use the Master Sword in this timeline. Um, Is there anything interesting about Four Swords Adventures in terms of lore or you know the the timeline or anything?
2: Yeah, it makes no sense putting it after Twilight (laughs) Princess. Explain. Um, There's a new Ganondorf for one. Um, uh, The lore doesn't really follow up. Like you have the Dark Mirror, which is very similar to the mirror of twilight and you have a race of people called the zuna who were like trapped within the mirror as well in the same way that the interlopers were but they're but they're different like this happens twice apparently like apparently Mm -hmm. twice in hyrule's past there was a you know a, a dark sorcery tribe that you know tried to take over the world or you know, the Sacred Realm or Hyrule, whatever, got sent through a mirror to a different world. And then it happened again. Um And on top of that, Four Swords Adventures is, like, the same link as Four Swords. Like, it's it's implied that it's the same guy. Right. So it's like, what's going on here? What's, what is this doing over here? And, and, if, and... it's also
0: just <laughs>
1: funny to think about, like... My man, Vaddy, were just chilling for, like, thousands of years. (laughs) He was like, yep, just got
2: to wait for that resurrection. There's no reason why this should be separated. Uh, The only reason why it's not back up where Forsort is is because it's Ganondorf. You can't have Ganondorf show up before Ocarina of Time because Ocarina of Time is where Ganondorf shows up.
0: Wow. That's what I was about to ask. It's a whole separate
2: origin story.
0: Right. So they run into this problem at this point where... Yeah, the the it actually it's fine that it's Ganondorf, but it's it doesn't make sense that it's Vati and Link and the Force. Oh,
1: we
2: messed up. <laughs> like, if you were to, if you were to try and fix this, the best way to fix it would be just to never include Ganondorf. You would just have Ganon right from the outset, maybe, or it, not even because Ganondorf dies at the end. Of time, it had it, it. It can't go here.
0: Yeah, and also. <laughs> at the end at the end of Tali princess he's yeah you defeat him as in his human form not in the beast form so it it, it, it's like they had they were stuck with putting him as a human it just doesn't make any sense
2: like it's it's possible you know it's possible because you know we know that the gerudo have you know a male every hundred years and yes it's plausible that after Ganondorf is, is straight up killed, um, that another Ganondorf could be born. But, like, I don't actually think that's how it works. If you look at it, like, if you look at all the Ganondorfs, it's still the same one dude. It's never, like, it's never actually a new guy.
0: Right, yeah.
2: And I, I don't think that Four Swords Adventures, I, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's the intention, is that, a previously defeated Ganondorf reincarnated as another original Ganondorf, who has no memories of being Ganondorf right. before.
0: And also now he loses to the Four Sword, so it's like, wow, man, I got yeah. demoted. I thought you needed the Master Sword. Apparently, you just need some Four Sword. Like, what is that?
2: But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, everything fixes itself if you split the timeline at Minish Cap.
0: Right. Yeah. It all yeah, fixes
2: the- itself because Four Swords Adventures is the perfect prequel to Link to the Past. It 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 lines up perfectly, but it can't go before Link to the Past on this timeline because it would be it would be where Ocarina of Time is. Four Swords Adventures is a parallel to Ocarina of Time in the downfall timeline in my opinion.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. So, um that is the last game in the child what is called the child timeline. Ganondorf's plot is stopped and link and zelda defeat ganon stop his plot as children in the courtyard they just tell the king the king is like yo just body this guy straight up straight up three oh
1: off with his head
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then the last split in the timeline is the adult timeline The original timeline this is the original timeline this is the one that is the most intuitive if you played ocarina of time it's like okay you beat the game and so The first game on this timeline is the Wind Waker and in the beginning of the Wind Waker the prologue the famous amazing prologue of that game which is just the art style the music dude that's that was just so awesome the beginning of that game they basically tell you you know there was a a hero in in this there was a, a Ganon and he was taking over Hyrule and there was a hero who stopped him right and basically it's implied that it's Ocarina of Time that they're talking about but then they're like, oh, the, the, he was sealed away, this Ganon, this enemy, this problem. He was sealed away
3: mm-hmm.
0: and there was a, a, a brief period of, of peace and calm. But then he came back and there was no hero. And obviously we know now that that's because that Link got sent back in time to be a kid. So now there's this timeline where Link doesn't exist and Ganon comes back and that leads to the Wind Waker and so they said that to stop this this the, the him coming back they had to flood the entire land of hyrule had to be flooded to stop this game. Suck, suck. <laughs> because there was no hero there so hyrule is completely <laughs> flooded right and that <laughs> uh,
1: dude every every hero every hero or like uh, god being in the in the zelda universe they're just they're horrible at their jobs they're just like you know what just take everybody down with
2: them yeah the past but they had no sages
1: so they were like whoa what now all the sages yeah. are dead what we're we gonna do <laughs>
0: yeah so they, they flood the land and now it's this giant ocean And we have the Wind Waker. So Ganon is revived and defeated by Link in this game. And again, this is the same Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time, you know, in his human form. It's the same dude. So Ganondorf seems to be the only consistent character in the Zelda universe where it's always the same guy unless Breath of Wild 2 decides to change that, which we'll get into in a bit. Um, So yeah, Hyrule is washed away and its people are this its people all set out for a new land so is there anything about wind waker um that is like it stands out in terms of the lore and all that stuff
2: there's a few things um the uh when you go down back to the surface of hyrule uh hyrule castle is actually moved it is no longer where it was in ocarina of time because it was ganon's castle they had to remake hyrule castle and they make it on lake hylia it's like
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. They had to
2: rebuild because their castle was destroyed.
0: Oh my God. That is amazing. Because I remember when I first played that game. And of course, the halfway point of the game, the big revelation that you get is like, you're on this ocean the whole game. And then they're like, Hyrule was washed away, whatever. Just erase it from your memory. It's gone. You know, you're playing the game. And you're like, all right, there's no Hyrule. And then you halfway through the game, they bring you underwater into Hyrule Kingdom. And it's all there. And I remember thinking oh, why is like Hyrule Castle now like on this big lake? Like I remember noticing the lake very specifically and you see Ganon's tower is like a separate place that's across, like it's it's a little ways from Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, so that that's so cool. Like I never even thought about that. Of course, they'd have to rebuild it. At the end of Ocarina of Time and in this timeline, you know, th- this is the timeline where Adult Link bodies right. Ganon. The end of that game is you leaving the castle as it's exploding. Like yeah. at the end of the game, it's in rubble. So it makes complete sense that Ganon and the Hyrule family would have to remake the both castles. Actually,
1: that kind of uh, is interesting to think about because uh, what I was saying before about the Zora, right? That they in this game, they're the Zora do not exist, right? They become the the Rudo, right? The yeah,
2: they're either gone.
0: Like, or they evolved. Or they
1: evolved. The, the implication is they evolved, right? The implication is they evolved. Yeah. Right? So their natural home is Lake Hydea, So, Oh, wow. If you go by what you're saying, <laughs> the <laughs> the people of Hyrule were like, you got to move because we got to build a castle somewhere. <laughs> you know? Uh, a lot of people complain about that, that, like why the Zora are not thriving and like the... The, I think I can answer that. But I, ha- I have my own theory about that. Okay. And that this the Great Sea, right, is kind of like a saltwater thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the Zoro were always in fresh bodies of water. And if you know anything about fish, is that those two things are not compatible with each other at all. So become know? a bird. Yeah.
0: That's funny too, because it's like, oh, we're gonna flood this land. Hey, uh you guys that can't breathe uh salt water, good night. We're just gonna flood the whole land. Like it's all salt water now. Yeah. That's well it's better
1: than just dying like everybody else. I think I, I think it's a decent explanation.
0: Yeah. The only thing that's weird about that though is that in Majora's Mask, the the Zora do live in the ocean. That is true. But it could it could be a different breed of Zora, but they are in the ocean. Yeah. I think I
2: think another way to think about it is, um, you know, the 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 idea was to seal away Hyrule forever, wash it over, uh, you know, flooding over Hyrule. It's meant to be sealed away forever. I, I think the implication is that the Zora would have evolved or, you know, gone away in some form because if the Zora were still around, uh, Hyrule wouldn't exactly be sealed away. You know, like it, it it wouldn't like it wouldn't work. I think thematically the Zora changed because uh just because of poetically it was it was about leaving Hyrule behind. Just abandoning it. And to the Zora, that meant, you know, taking to the skies because they were abandoning uh what was below the water, I guess
0: yeah and it's it's interesting because the deku survived fine like they the deku are in the wind waker universe and they're the, the great you know deku tree is is around um there's actually no gorons there's, or there's one tree. there's one goron oh, yeah and, it's
1: it's implied and, that's the deku tree that you help sprout. Yeah, it's, it's the sprout
0: it's the sprout that told you about your yeah your origin as a as a Hylian back in ocarina of time mm. Um, and now he's this big tree that is all grown up and it has the Koroks and the, there's a Goron, there's one Goron in the game. There might be like one other one, but they, there's not like the Gorons are not this big tribe anymore. And it makes sense. I mean, they got flooded. Like, how are they going to survive in that universe? If everything got flooded, they, there's no way they could well, swim. But he made it though. <laughs> that one guy made it, man. It's so, it's really sad because the Gorons are my favorite race, but, um, but yeah, so the Wind Waker... And of course, it ends with you know Link putting the Master Sword through Ganondorf's face and violently the, too. Very violently, yeah. Which is very violently just by any standards. But even more when you think of how cartoony the art style is, they were like, "Yo, let's crank this to twenty and let's make this really violent."
1: Another another funny thing about this game is that Ganondorf is this, this is the same Ganondorf, right? Yes, same guy. So. He sees this guy in Link's clothing, trying to stop his plans, and he doesn't immediately kill him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, I'm gonna throw him off my off my fortress, and let him well, do whatever like, he wants.
2: It's it's poetic though, because Ganondorf has always been overconfident, and in game, Ganondorf recognizes that this person isn't actually the hero of time. Like he he wonders about it. He looks at Lincoln, he wonders.
1: Yeah, he thinks like, about it. He takes a moment.
2: It. He can tell that it's not him. Yeah. Um, and when the when he gets the master sword and it's unpowered and, and he's like, Bro, you have no chance and he just swats him away because he's like not even a threat. He's just a dumb kid with a stupid broken sword.
0: Yeah,
1: but but still, you know what I mean? Like it's oh, yeah, funny it's to think about super
0: stupid. It is funny. It just is funny. Ki- just kill him. Yeah, Why not? but what's funny is the, the thing is that if you actually look at the timeline, uh, I actually have a different opinion of this now because in this timeline, right, this is the adult timeline where Ganon saw Link as a kid, blasted him in the middle of Hyrule Field as he was chasing Zelda in Ocarina of Time, and then that Link had to grow up seven years and kill him and, and stop Ganon, right? This Ganondorf in Wind Waker has only seen Link that one time. And so when he sees him as a kid again, in Wind Waker, there's that great scene where he just sees him and he just slaps him. And he's just like, get out of here, man. Like, you're just a little kid. I body you just like I did before. You're going to have to grow up. Wait, I thought
1: thought that he was defeated and this is what happens afterwards.
0: Yes, but he's defeated by adult Link in this timeline.
1: So he doesn't even realize. I'm pretty sure he realizes this is the same person, though. Wait, hold on. I'm not getting confused here.
0: It's not the same link as Ocarina of Time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
0: But he has he, lost. But he knows. Once before, but he knows it?
1: that he lost to the the child.
0: Yes. Yes. That, that
1: eventually became adult Link in Ocarina of Time. Yeah.
0: Yes. So he did but see maybe, him once. Maybe he's like, oh, like it's he's still a kid. Like he's not he's not going to be a problem. Like yeah, that guy I, was a problem when he was a, an adult. You know.
2: I think it's I think it's just a resemblance thing. Like I think he looks at him. Obviously sees the green tunic and he's like he gets like PTSD. Yeah, and he like looks at him for a minute and he's like, "Never mind, it's just a stupid kid."
0: Yeah, it's just a kid dressed up like with his grandma's outfit on, and, and it can't possibly be the same guy that stopped me all those years ago. Also, um,
2: Ganondorf has the Trident of Power at the time. He could probably sense that the uh, you know, he doesn't have the power of the Triforce within within himself.
1: That's a good point. Yeah,
0: too. yeah, and also in this game, in in. This is one of the games where Link has to assemble the pieces of the Triforce of Courage, and in none, in, in none of the other 3D Zelda games does he have to do that. So this is almost like the most unlikely version of of like the hero of Link. Like out of all the heroes at this point in time to have become the you know the 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 hero to have the Triforce of Courage, it's almost like this one is like the least. Worthy in a way like it's like he had to do the most work to actually get to that point where he could fight Ganondorf Yeah, he's, he's a he's, whole new original soul he, Exactly
2: a whole different person than Skyward Sword Link and his descendants
0: Yeah, and his motivation at the beginning of the game is that his sister gets abducted by a giant bird and he's it's not about saving the land and It's not about saving Zelda. It's not about any of that. It's literally just I need to get my sister okay, and then that's her most into personal it. story Yeah. And it just turns into the bigger adventure where he stops Ganondorf. And so then we get into Phantom Hourglass, came out on the DS, a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Wind Waker ends with uh, Link and Zelda, uh, Zelda going by her name, her like common name Tetra. And she, they go off on this big ship to go find new land and found Hyrule. And on the way there, they get bodied by some random force has nothing to do with Ganon, and link has to go on another adventure to save Zelda in that universe mm-hmm. um, but yeah this is the exact same link from the wind waker and the kingdom of Hyrule is founded in a new land at the end of phantom hourglass they find this giant land they found this new Hyrule so like the old Hyrule is under the ocean and now they found this new one on land and they start this new kingdom there and then Spirit Tracks happens where the Demon King Maladus is revived and then, of course, defeated. And that's Spirit Tracks. And that's the last game on this timeline. The so interesting
1: y- thing about Spirit Tracks is that the people who founded this new Hyrule deliberately went against the word of the <laughs> king. He's like, this land will not be called Hyrule. What then do they, they call they, it? And then They call it new Hyrule.
0: <laughs> Hyrule. <laughs> yeah, so at the you're seeing at the end of Wind Waker, the old king who uh, took the form of the king of red lions in Wind Waker, and he's trying to guide you to help the you know stop Ganon. He basically says that once you defeat Ganon, like you know they're like oh let's let's restore Hyrule, and he's like no this 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 land's time has come and it's over and we're flooding it and the past the past. And Ganondorf is gonna be down here with us, and the Master Sword is down here. This whole uh, thing the is Triforce ending. is down there too.
1: No, it's not. Oh, it's not.
2: After uh, after the wish, it flew away. Okay. Somewhere. Oh, right.
0: So then they they go off of they go off in search of their own future that's completely separate from like this royal bloodline stuff and like this Triforce stuff and all of that. And they end up calling the Land High Rule again, <laughs> even though he told them just do your own thing, man. Do not repeat this timeline. But as far as the video games go, that's the last game on the adult timeline, or so we think. So where does Breath of the Wild fit?
2: Trial timeline.
0: Okay. So Breath of the Wild is after Twilight Princess and Four Swords Adventures, right? Yeah.
1: If you believe that. If you believe that.
0: If you believe that. So it's interesting because playing Breath of the Wild, right? Like there's no direct relation to any other Zelda game, but... It takes place after it's like the last game in the timeline uh, in terms of like it takes place after everything else um, on that timeline, on the child timeline. And so it, it the only references and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a few references, but they're very loose. So obviously, like the names of like the towns and the rivers and the lakes are all references to old things that happened. But some of those old things are not things that are from the timeline that the game is placed in. Yeah. So, for example, yeah. So, for example, there's like lakes that are named after characters that are in like you know a Link to the Past or like you know uh, Legend of Zelda Two, and on that timeline, none of those existed. So it's like a mere coincidence. Um, and also, the only other thing I can think of is in Breath of the Wild, there's a kid that if you talk to him, he's at one of the barns. And he he's like telling you like, hey, I heard that there's this story where, you know, us Hylians used to be up in the clouds in the skies. And then we came down to here. And it's like a direct reference to Skyward Sword. And that's really, really cool. But then the other direct reference that a lot of people missed. And I was talking to a friend about this the other day. I couldn't believe he like no one else got this. There at the, If you collect all the memories in, in Breath of the Wild, right? Um there's the the scene where, you know, Link is completely bodied by a guardian. And like, that's one of the last uh, memories that you unlock. Mm-hmm. And Zelda is, you know, there's this huge battle and Link was just destroyed in it. And he he's dead. Like he's actually, he died. And she's dragging him through the mud and it's raining and she doesn't know where to take him. And then all of a sudden you hear her hearing something from the Master Sword. And it doesn't say what it said. But you hear the same sound that you hear in Skyward Sword whenever Fee is talking to you. And so the Master Sword speaks to Zelda and tells her about the, you know, the Shrine of Resurrection, which she places Link into. And then obviously when you start that game, you're starting the Shrine of Resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool how like the only tie I can think of between Breath of the Wild and any of the other Zelda games, besides like those, like, you know, naming references of like towns and stuff. The only thing that's like a real tangible connection is between Skyward Sword, and that with that one scene in the game.
1: I thought I don't know if I'm wrong with this, but I thought that they mentioned the twilight in the game somewhere.
2: And th- there's uh, there's a memory where Link is getting like knighted as like Zelda's like chosen knight or whatever, and she goes through this speech where it's like whether it's through the embers of twilight or through oh right but again uh in the japanese it i I believe the term used is like shadow you know uh it's the term for twilight twilight realm in japanese is more of like shadow realm It's, it's not twilight it's the word for shadow and that same that same word usage as far from what i remember Is very similar or the same to like how the dark world was referenced, like a link to the past. So I think that's actually a little ambiguous. Um, But there is in Goron City, uh, there's a bunch, uh, there's some statues um, of famous Gorons, and it's all child timeline Gorons. It is, um, I think it has the Majora's mask guy, where you get the Goron mask from. I think he's oh, on there. Daruni, huh? No, um, that's the wrong one. no, the Daruni is from Darmani. Darmani, Darmani. Darmani, the great Darmani's on there, um, and I think there's like even either one of the elders or one of the children of the elders from, uh, I think one of the elders from Twilight Princess, one of the like Goron or whatever his name is, right? Um, and that's like, like I think there's a difference between having a stone monument in Goron City. Of child timeline characters, and like naming a mountain after like a downfall timeline town, like I think something. Yeah, like for sure, because that's a, that's, more, that's a, more tangible.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, like a, a physical representation of something that existed. You know, a name could be a coincidence, but uh, uh resembling a person or a rather a character in the game, right, is not a coincidence. It's like a direct reference.
2: But then at the same time, you have stuff from the Zora, Zora's domain, where there's like a little side quest where you have to read a bunch of plaques that go through the Zora's history, and in the Zora's history, um, the Zora Ruta becomes a sage, and in the child timeline, that doesn't happen. That only happens in the adult timeline. Wow. So if that was in the child timeline, that only could have been known if... Link talked about what he saw and it became part of history, you know?
0: Right. That would have to
2: be the explanation.
0: Wow. So... It's It's a little ambiguous. Right. So Breath of the Wild exists in a timeline where Majora's Mask existed, Twilight Princess existed, Ocarina of Time, and Skyward Sword existed. So any of those games can be used in the future for Breath of the Wild 2 in terms of adding even more lore and connections between those games because they're on the same timeline. It's, it's, inter- it's interesting to me to think that like in Breath of the Wild's universe, the, the, the legendary hero of time was like a little kid and that's it, like they don't know that he, there's two other timelines where this guy failed and or became an adult and lived out the rest of his days. And like, that's just so interesting to me, man. That's awesome. I love that Ocarina of Time is like still important in the timeline if they choose to to go back with Breath of the Wild too. Sure.
1: Okay, wait. So in in Twilight Princess, they sealed Ganon away at the end. No, he dies. No, no, no. no think, before that.
2: Yeah, well, he's
1: uh, he's locked basically at the beginning of the game. Twilight Realm. Yeah, but yeah. he gets locked in there by the sages, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but
0: by, by, like, in Ocarina of Time, A different basically. set of sages.
2: It's
1: a different yeah. set of sages. That's what I'm about to ask, because it's, like... The ancient
2: sages, as they say, which is a okay. different set of sages than the ones from Ocarina of Time.
0: These yeah. these are
2: the sages that, in my opinion, probably probably maybe were involved with, like, the building of the Temple of Time, back with, like, Raru. Right. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. It's not really explained.
0: Wow, man. So... Breath of the Wild too, right? We let's get into what we think about that because and how that connects to the timeline and some of the lore because you have some of the most interesting like opinions on that. So one of the interesting things to me is that um, if you watch the trailer, which is like super, you know, there's not a lot to see there. It's very quick. There's you're gonna have to freeze frame to even like analyze stuff. But from what we got, it looks like it's directly after Breath of the Wild, Link and Zelda. Um, at the end of Breath of the Wild, they just set out to like walk around the land and, you know, they picks up from there. So in the trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, we see them exploring caverns, right? It's established in the first game that the, um, the Sheikah technology and the Guardians and all that, they were all underground and they were unearthed. And that's where the problems in Breath of the Wild 2 happen. So now they're exploring underground where all this other stuff is. We just described all the other games that happened in this timeline already, right? So Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, Skyward Sword, like Ocarina of Time. Technically, those are underground in this timeline, in this existence, this universe, Breath of the Wild 2. So they're exploring all that, and we see what looks like could be a Ganon-like figure. And it's not confirmed that it's Ganon, but... In the small frames that we got in that trailer, he's wearing the Gerudo gear. Like he looks like he's wearing Gerudo stuff and he has this long, long red hair. If this is the same timeline and that is Ganondorf, it might be a different Ganondorf in Breath of the Wild 2 because would it be the same one from Twilight Princess? Is that even possible? Like did he go from Ocarina of Time to Twilight Princess to possibly Breath of the Wild 2?
2: um I think I think it's kind of both I think it's I think it's a different I think it's different body same same spirit um I think it's a case where uh well there's a few ways to go about it um one route you could take is that like after Twilight Princess they did something with the body and I don't I don't know somehow i don't know brought him back and then sealed him or something um but i think what's going on is it's a future male gerudo basically a future ganondorf not necessarily even evil at the time but i think it's a future gerudo um and i think what they basically did was i think they summoned like summoned like basically at this point ganondorf's a demon like an actual demon, like he's not like a human anymore. He's like a straight up demon, like Demise was. I think basically what happened is they they did like a like a two shot, like they summoned Ganon into the body and then at the same time sealed him and basically trapped him there. And and, it, and I think like that was basically like how before Link to the Past, the Seven Sages like seal away Ganon. Like I think that I think that's what's going on here. Uh, before the game happened, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, um, they thought it would be a good idea to trap Ganondorf like this, and the result was, you know, every ten thousand years he would have enough malice formed to make Calamity Ganon, but Ganondorf himself was sealed away.
0: Right. Yeah. That's it's interesting because so Ocarina of Time, the first time we see Ganondorf, right? Mm -hmm. Then he gets sealed away. He comes back in Twilight Princess and it's the same body. It's literally the same guy. The exact same guy comes back in Twilight Princess. But at the end of Twilight Princess, they kill him. He's not sealed away. There's no like, you know, he's somewhere else. They actually kill him. And so once he's dead... This Breath of the Wild 2, even though it's in that same timeline, it's going to have to be a, a new Ganondorf that is somehow, you know, this this is going to be the second time that we ever saw a Ganondorf. Like the second time, this is the second person named Ganondorf. There are many people named Link and there are many people named Zelda, but there's so far in, before Breath of the Wild 2, there's only been one Ganondorf. So it's going to be interesting to see if they just decide to go, maybe, did he live? I, I
2: still, I, I, I. I still very much think that even if it is a different body, I still think it's 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 still Ganondorf. Like f- from it, it's easier to see in the downfall timeline because you have a situation where in Four Swords Adventures Ganondorf is a man. He claims the Trident of Power. Uh, which I guess in Trial Time Mind would be the equivalent of getting the Triforce of Power. He gets mm-hmm. the Trident of Power, and the overwhelming power turns him into the Demon King Ganon, and he becomes a demon. Um, and he is sealed away in the Triforce, or he's sealed away in the Four Sword. He uh, breaks out, gets sealed away by the sages, and then a Link to the Past happens where he's killed. But then he gets resummoned in the Oracle games gets defeated and then he gets resummoned again, like <laughs> not, not reincarnated, like summoned. Like he gets, he's demon King Ganon, the demon.
0: Right. Like, it's like, he's not even trapped to a human form anymore. Yeah, it's he's, like... just,
2: he's just appeared and, and it happens like three times. Yeah. Um, and we see in at least two games that there are rituals you can do to summon him in the Oracle games. Um, Twin Rova, which I guess is the same person as Aquina at a time, Twin Rova, but Twin Rova, you know, wants to sacrifice the body of Zelda to resurrect Ganondorf, and it doesn't go right, and Ganon's kind of dumb, but like, it still works. Um, in the Adventure of Link, the, uh, you know, they're trying to kill Link to use his blood to revive Ganon, and if you lose, you get a game over, and Ganon returns.
1: Well, like, there and are also rituals. in A Link Between Worlds, like, like the the main antagonist kind of, like, fuses with Ganondorf. Or not Ganondorf, Ganon, right? You so, Ganon. Sorry?
2: The, it's uh, Yuga and Ganon, so it's You Ganon.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So, it could also be, like, that's kind of like a summoning of him, but in a more corrupted way, you know?
2: Possibly. Um, and
1: and that could be some, uh, some certain, something they could use in the new game as well, you know?
2: Yeah, it, I think it, it could be something very close to that. I think in the case of A Link Between Worlds, Yuga was powerful enough that he was able to at least, like, keep some control. But, like, I think if you were to just do what happened with Yuga, but just for, like, a regular mortal guy... I think that would basically be the equivalent of just, you know, quote, resurrecting Ganon.
1: Yeah, because he would become consumed by Ganon. He,
2: yeah, he would just take it over. Just take over the body. And it's just like, that's it. That's uh, that's Ganon.
0: Is it confirmed 100% that Breath of the Wild is in the the child timeline? Because no. last I remember, they no, didn't it's confirm. Not. It's no, not? Um,
2: there's there's an interview, uh, interview with Aonuma where he he implies that it does go in a specific timeline but he's just not going to talk about it
0: oh my god (laughs) I
1: think think there was some controversy when like the (laughs) Hyrule Historia came out and all that kind of stuff and they're like having me more tight lipped about it now again yeah. and personally I prefer it that way because I I, I do think that they kind of do it game by game right yeah
2: things change
1: and they just say change things when they when they can and they want to right and it's more fun to just do it yourself anyway
0: you know mm-hmm.
2: there's enough material like it's, Absolutely. Not, it's it's not like we can't like work it out ourselves
0: so now let's get into the 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 really interesting conspiracy theories some of them we already touched on a little bit um but let's talk about like I want to hear about this time traveling Sheikah thing. Cause that sounds like the most interesting one. So let's just go with that one. Um, explain to me this time traveling Sheikah theory by, I want to give credit to the person who's uh, credited with this theory. Rin Kudo. Yeah. He, explain he, this to me. He's, um,
2: he's a French, uh, he's a French guy. He has, uh, he does like really nice, uh, like French Zelda theory stuff. Um, but the the idea is in uh Skyward Sword, you know, a, a major mechanic is the gate of time and it's a Sheikah creation and it lets you travel through time. Um but in Skyward Sword, the only Shika we see is Impa. Um we know there were more because they were all around the Laneru area. Like they built like they, they were clearly a like more of a tribe than just one person. Um and based in my opinion, um the technology that the Sheikah had in the past of Breath of the Wild, like all the cool Sheikah tech, um, I think it most closely resembles what we see in Skyward Sword. It's, you know, we're talking uh, you know, blue orbs that can power stuff. We're talking uh, you know, mechanical Armos creations that are just basically a guardian. They have a little blue eye on top that like kind of glows blue, and it shoots like a blue plasma beam at you. It, it, it looks the same. Um, and I think that's not a coincidence. I I think what the implication... Because you have a situation where you have a civilization that, that is so advanced, you know, they have created uh you know mechanical automatons that are basically sentient uh, right they've created you know uh you know flying contraptions they have hover you know hover technology or stuff um you know enough to the point where they can create a time travel gate but they're all gone but then it looks like all of their technology came back you know tens of thousands of years in the future um, and in like in the prologue of Skyward Sword, it mentions that like Hylia defended the surface. She sent she sent all the humans to Skyloft. Skyloft went up, and she defended the human and she defended the surface. And it shows the tribes that were with her, and it was like the Kikwi, which which were those forest guys, the Magma, which were those moles, the Gorons, and the Perella, which were some say the Zora's ancestors but like where's the shika the shika isn't there um they're gone they're nowhere to be seen they're not mentioned they didn't fight because when you fight demise he says that no humans stood against him last time um so you know it seems to me like they weren't even around when demise hit uh and demise was also like the first like cataclysm so why would they be gone um it it seems like to me the obvious implication is that they time traveled like they left the uh, hylia had this big plan you know it involved impa having to stay behind to guide zelda the first reincarnation of hylia to awaken and set everything in motion but the rest of them i think they had um their destiny was in the future and i think that's where they went i think they just went
0: yeah, that makes so much sense because if in in Skyward Sword, they're basically implying that you know the humans are not land dwellers at all. Like they all exist in the sky. Right. But Impa's already down there, mm-hmm. and on top of that, um, the time shift, the 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 that gate of time is already there, and there yeah. are human looking like there's you know. For like, there's churches and you know temples and like staircases and stuff Stuff like that. Built for
3: humans. Yeah,
0: (laughs) so it's like there must have been humans here at some point. It makes a lot of sense that it would be Sheikah, and they were like, "Yo, we're just gonna dip. This is bad."
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of what I was saying uh, at the opening of the podcast, right? Where I was like, "These things had to be built by somebody," you know? Mm -hmm. Like that's the thought that came across my head as I was playing the game. And you know, I didn't know the extents of all the <laughs> implications of that, but I think
2: uh, it actually explains the robots pretty well too. I think, I, I think, I think the robots were created because the Sheikah left. Like, yeah, I, that's
1: like
0: I think for that. they
2: needed someone to keep mining the time shift stones because they were still needed, but the Sheikah had to leave the time.
0: Yeah, so l- let's get into that. So another theory, and this is you' this is credited to you, is the time shift stone theory right this is this has to do is it this basically goes hand in hand with the uh, traveling sheikah idea
2: kind of yeah it's it's more so about what the time shift stones like actually are and like what's actually happening with it in like the desert area where you see it being mined and stuff
0: yeah so for a quick refresher anyone who played skyward sword one of the three main areas you go to is this desert and it has like an ocean area but it's it's mostly a barren desert the only thing there is like this these time shift crystals and when you activate the crystals it creates like a small bubble where in that bubble it goes back in time to where when you know that desert was a lush green area and it's it's probably the coolest area in the game i know hungry's talked about this a lot where that's his favorite part of skyward sword and it's it's actually so so sick yeah it's amazing so that desert used to be a more lush environment and it makes a lot of sense That if it was this lush environment and there are these robots that are here and they're mining these crystals that go back in time, this also goes hand in hand with the Sheikah thing that we were just talking about. So, um, but yeah, so that there's that whole area of the game and there's a lot of robots and stuff and it's there's like electricity and a lot of more like things that you wouldn't associate with Zelda as much because Zelda is seen as more of a, you know, like medieval or, you know, past thing and there's all this technology in this one area of this game yeah it's more Um,
1: fantasy than it is sci-fi basically we kind of got at
0: yeah definitely not medieval definitely more fantasy than than sci-fi um but yeah tell us more about your theory on this time shift thing
2: so i've been um i've been playing through a lot of the 3d zelda games recently i've been emulating them and there's a cool feature in the emulators where you can dump the textures as you're playing and so I'll play through, I'll let all the textures dump into a folder, and then I'll, like, I'll check them out. Uh, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of repeating patterns and stuff. You can I feel like it's it's like opening up a book when you look at the actual, like, art assets. Um, and in the Lineru area, you can, you know, you see there's a mining operation. You know there's time shift stones, but, like, they don't explicitly tell you what's going on. Um, but if you like just look at the area and kind of connect the dots, I think what's basically going on is the time shift stones are uh, like naturally occurring. They're like raw stones um, that are just like in the ground and they're dug up uh, they are there's like conveyor belts kind of situated around the area. Those conveyor belts would take the the, the raw stones to uh there's an area in the main desert called the lanera mining facility it goes there and um i think from here there's there's a platform that comes off of this area that uh basically leads through a tunnel It, it has like a little has some uh conveyor belts coming out to where like stones could come out from the factory and there's a railway that leads through this like you know kind of twisting path but the the end location is the thunder dragon and when you talk to the robots he uh the robots uh they tell you that um part of like the pipeline for the time shift stones being refined is taking them to the thunder dragon like you know does he inspect them like they 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 take the stones to the thunder dragon the thunder dragon if you look at his if you look at his body he he has these like lines going down his body and they they glow uh you know like the color of electricity in the zelda games which is which is like this like turquoise blue um the same color that all of the sheikah the the all of the ancient technology glows with as well you know the, t- the tech all glows blue um all of the, you know, the time shift stones are used like electricity. Um, you know, it's like a, just like a blue liquid. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think I, I think, uh, my game theory is that. And that's a- <laughs> my my uh, my game theory is that the thunder dragon's role in all of this is that he charges the stones. Like I think the difference between a raw time shift stone and one that you can hack at and make time switch. I think the difference is that the Thunder Dragon uh, you know, powered it up. I think that was his role. Um and I think that's why they had they were that was part of the pipeline, because he had to like imbue it.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too because now that you mention that, all of the time traveling stuff in Zelda games is usually like that same blue. Mm-hmm. So in Ocarina of Time there's you get an ocarina in the game and it's just like this beige it yeah like well first you get a normal one right and it's just like it's a regular ocarina and it's like not blue but then the one that allows you to time travel is the blue one and then on top of that the 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 stones that you play um the song of time to to move them throughout the game in the dungeons they are that same rich like color blue throughout the game and so there's almost like this theme of like the blue that blue shade is associated with the energy or the time traveling element. So that I think makes it's ultimately what it is. Yeah, that's really really interesting. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if Breath of the Wild Two is going to introduce any time traveling stuff because that's like one of the only like Zelda convention things that like they didn't find a way to reinvent for um, Breath of the Wild. But clearly, you know, the Sheikah in in that timeline they they create guardians and and insane technology like it it makes a lot of sense that they could have and introduce a lot of this time travel stuff
2: i actually have a uh like a a a crazy conspiracy theory um i'm not sure i'm not sure if i buy it um, Mm -hmm. but it's it's uh the idea was the you know like the zoni like that mysterious tribe of you know of of the past in breath of the wild that like made those ruins and stuff yeah um i i kind of had like a passing thought that like the the faron region the dragon there is the thunder dragon it's you know a different dragon than the one from Skyward sword but it's a thunder element dragon the faron region is the home of the zonai the faron region is highly associated with thunder uh some of the uh zoni related uh extra areas are also electrically uh aligned like the thundra plateau where it where it thunderstorms 24 7 until you complete the, the shrine uh there's another area like that too and you have like the zoni towers which are these like the columns that you see kind of spread around hyrule
0: yeah in
2: the original concept art of the game those were more obviously zoni they had like dragon designs on them and like all this stuff um and there's also the you know uh the people who believe that the luminous stones you know the the luminous stones are set in game to like you know have the power of the you know the souls of the dead or something like that um i basically asked myself what if luminous stones are raw time shift stones and if you find if, if you go on that assumption what would happen if you put a luminous stone on a column and then deliberately made it strike lightning there? It's like, is that how you make a time shift stone?
0: Well, yeah. Like, wow. Does that work? Right. And,
2: and if so, is that how the ancient Chica made their stuff? Like, is that how they got it? I don't know. It's just a thought, but. At any That's time really
0: that you're inside inside of like a, a, a cave or like, the the rare moments where in, in Breath of the Wild, you're like, you know, you find Illumina stones, it's like in cavernous areas like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not just like the average rocks. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's really interesting.
2: It's kind of out there. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of evidence to support it, but I think it's a
1: really cool idea. It's interesting to say the least. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because the Zonai are one of the only civil, like, races in Zelda that it's like new, introduced in Breath of the Wild, but they're, they're very you know, low key. I think we've seen them before. And and we don't even know what they look like. Like as as of the lore, the official lore of Breath of the Wild, it's this mysterious race that was lost many many years ago mm-hmm. and it was they're said to have been like these very savage people in the uh Farren region. So So
1: what are you implying that you we you think we've seen them before? So So one of
2: one of the theories that uh that I proposed uh, on my, on my list of like five that I want to tackle. is called the Interloper Conspiracy. And it's, it's basically this idea that the interlopers, the Twilight, the Oka, the Zoni are basically all the same people. Um, and the timeline is basically, um, originally they were Hylians. They were on skyloft so they they can trace their genealogy back to skyward sword um but when like after skyward sword ended i don't think it's necessary that everybody was under the same tribe i think you know uh before the events of skyward sword it's like kind of implied that there were multiple different tribes of humans that were still human but you know, they just lived in separate areas and had their own culture. Um, I think that after the events of Skyward Sword, there was just a uh, you know, a tribe of people that lived in the Faeron region. And, uh, you know, they were magic wielders and stuff. And I I guess at first they were uh, totally cool. Um, But eventually they just, their magical power grew. Um, They started getting like kind of cool technology like uh like you see the oka they have like their sky cannons they have you know they made their own flying like floating city that's like separate from skyloft
0: the Um, oka are the little bird-like creatures from sky from twilight princess and you famously see them like you see one of them per dungeon but then you finally go to the sky temple where that's supposed to be their civilization and it's a very futuristic temple like it's not like any of the other temples you go to in Twilight Princess, and it's and,
3: built for
1: humans.
0: Yeah, it's not built for those little chicken bodies. It's built for humans and there's a lot of technology there. Built yeah, for
1: humans. Yet there's chickens living there. Chickens right. with like weird face masks. The chickens heads.
2: used to be people, and those people, I think, are basically the remains of like the Wind Tribe from like Minish Cap. You know, th- those are people that. Uh, basically are Hylian by descent, but they separated off and have their own culture and they took their palace to the skies. Um, and I think that like, if you compare if you were to go through the textures in Twilight Princess and you were to compare the kinds of things you see in the Twilight Realm and in the City in the Sky with the Oka, there's actually a lot of really, really similar designs, and there's a lot of things that kind of seem to tie them together. Um, like, for example, on a lot of the Twilight designs, you see this, like, this circle with like a half circle over it, and it's like on, like, it's on the doors, it's like on a bunch of stuff, and it's like, uh, it's not like a distinct, like, pattern that might mean something, but it's, it's, it's a repeated symbol that is seen on all kinds of stuff. Uh, and you can find it in the oh in the city in the sky. It's like in the shop where like you first go. It's just like one of the designs on the wall. Yeah. Um. There is there's a pattern. There's another pattern where it's just like these four little swirls in like like a like a kind of a boxy shape. And uh, it's like seen in the city in the sky, just kind of like in in like designs around. Yeah. But then in, in the twilight realm. You can find that design in like on like the hands that that
0: hold on to those orbs the souls oh that's right it's i do the, remember it's that. it's
2: the exact same design like you could look at the, the the texture side by side it's the exact same design um if you look at the tower of the gods in wind waker you know that that big tower that comes out of the ocean um which looks like a Shika shrine by the way um if you look, if you look on the outs, like on the outside of the Tower of the Gods, there's all these archways and stuff. But there's like, there's like letters, there's like foreign characters all over it, and it's the exact same characters that you see in the Twilight Realm. Like they even reuse the exact same texture, just wow. redrawn. Like it's That's the really sa- cool. it's the same size texture, it's the same characters, it's just a different color basically
0: so what do you think that means exactly
2: i think it means they were built by the same people i i think that um you know i think the Shika, you know aren't really that different from the interlopers i think that um i think that humanity has just a lot more uh different sections than what we see i think there's more you know, there, there's a lot of culture that we don't see in the games that is just kind of like implied off screen.
0: Yeah, and, right.
2: You know, the uh, another location that t- that ties into all those is the Forest Temple in Twilight Princess, the first temple in the game. You have a text, uh, you have textures that also match up with the Tower of the Gods and the Twilight Realm. You have a texture that shows an upside down Triforce and like a skull. Like stuff that's not typically seen in zelda except for like like majora's mask in like the stone tower area which is like supposed to be mocking the gods
0: yeah um
2: you know there's a in the in the room where you fight the mini boss like the monkey there's like Mm. there's like a uh like an octagon uh like a gray octagon in the middle of the room the totem pole is and it has all these like you know, circuitry looking, twilight looking like lines. And it it looks like it came out of the shadow realm basically, like the Twilight Realm. But it's just in the Forest Temple. Um and I think the people in the Forest Temple are basically the Zonai. I think it's I I think what, what it basically is is the interlopers are uh basically you have Hylians over time they become the uh some of them become the wind tribe um over time some of the wind tribe become the oka uh but over time some of the other hylians that didn't become Wind tribe went to Pharon and basically lived in the woods lived in the forest same kind of technology that they originally had but they developed in an entirely different way because of their culture and location um, and the people that lived in Faron were the brutal savage uh, Zoni that we hear about, and they're gone because they got banished to the Twilight Realm. Oh wow! Like that's th- that's them. The Twilight are the interlopers. Are the Zonai are you know? It kind of goes on, but
0: right. I
2: think, it's, I think it's all connected.
1: I think it's so cool that like it's all like this like shadowy like more puns but like this kind of like shadow organization mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's like spans like throughout like the history of like the zelda timeline and universe right that also, just like they, they operate in secret and they do all these crazy things
2: history is written by the winner and the winner is the sheikah okay the the, the sheikah are into some shady stuff
1: <laughs> it, well know, no, for sure. The Ocarina like, of Time like, proves that for a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Like, even the interpretation that the interlopers were bad, that might even be an exaggeration.
1: But that like, can be true, too. The,
2: the story of the original, like, King of Darkness that led the Twilight people back then, that may have been, uh, there may be context to it. Like, it might not just be as simple as powerful sorcerer, take Trident, powerful sorcerer, take over Hyrule. Like, it might be more complex than that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. When is the first time or which game is the first time where we where the interlopers are like supposed to exist? Is it the Civil War of Ocarina of Time?
1: Well, were they first named or were they first implied to be exist?
0: Yeah, implied.
1: I first believe implied
2: to exist would be when the interlopers are supposed to be banished. Which is the Hyrule Historia timeline puts it between Skyward Sword and Minish Cap. I put it after Minish Cap and before Ocarina of Time, but it's like somewhere in that area before Ocarina yeah. Time.
0: Interesting. Wow.
2: Some people actually think that, um, and I might actually. It, it, I think. It, I think it might be true. Um, what, what, what would you? Th- what do you think would happen to the Kokiri if the Great Deku Tree died? Do you think they'd start growing up?
0: Yeah, right, right. What would happen?
2: Maybe they did grow up, and they are the people who lived in the forest temple, and they are the people who got banished to the Twilight Realm. Maybe not, because the timing could also conflict. Because, uh, you know, the Kokiri being in Ocarina of time, and the Twilight in the Twilight being banished around Minish Cap, that wouldn't line up. So, you know, they wouldn't, they couldn't be the same people. But, maybe but someone who had to, someone know.
1: who had to have lived in that forest temple, sure, you know? exactly. Some there some has to be a purpose for it. There,
2: and whoever lived there were kind of dark, and, and they, they, di- match, they and they
1: and they lost match the
2: description of the zonai.
1: They lost some sort of battle against somebody because it's a decrepit place filled with ghosts, right? Obviously, they died there. You know, so who could they be? And then them being like the, the zoni or the interlopers or whatever you want to call them, there's like reason to believe that those things are connected, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially because if they're um if the if the interlopers are like the people who lost in the, the Civil War, right, which is before Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. right? That could have been their place of origin, right?
2: Yeah, and that could
1: have been. Yeah. So there's a lot of connections there that, you know, are very, very plausible.
0: Yeah, and it's also one of these things that it reminds me of how um, I remember when Splatoon 2 got like the Octo expansion, they did an interview with the two developers of like the, the DLC. And one of the things they described was how within the, the confines of Nintendo, they have like a, a term between each other called like Nintendo Dark. And they were saying how, you know, obviously Nintendo at, at, at like its face value. It's like a company that's very like child friendly and family friendly and like Mario's all happy and all that stuff. But the developers were saying that, like, if you look between the lines of all of their games, like from the very beginning, there's always like this dark side in either the lore or the level design or like it's, it's not always like very apparent. But there's always like this dark side to everything that they do or at least some of their entries in some of their franchises. And they refer to that as like the Nintendo Dark Effect, where it's like uh, ob- the obvious examples are like Majora's Mask, where that game is just really dark and it's very obviously dark. But then you have like the less obvious examples, you know, like what we said about Twilight Princess, where the 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 Stalfos that's teaching you these things is it's very clear that that is Ocarina of Time Link, but now he's this, and it's not that's not a happy ending for that character. Um, he even so- has
2: the Master Sword scabbard. If you look at the texture of his of his scabbard that he pulls his sword from, it's it's just an older version of the Master Swords.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's actually amazing. I didn't even know that.
2: He only pulls it out during one skill.
0: It's, wow.
2: It, it's the I think it thing is the, the quick draw where the he like has a sheath and pulls it out. The mortal draw.
0: The mortal draw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving forward into Breath of the Wild 2. Um how much of this stuff do you think that they're gonna incorporate into the game, and and is there are there any breadcrumbs in that trailer that we got that imply, like any of this stuff, like the timeline or, or the interlopers or any of these theories being kind of like, m- is there any possibility in either of your minds that like they're gonna, con- they're gonna kind of use any of that?
1: Um, well, there is. I, I mean, Breath of the Wild just in general has a very blue motif with any of the Shika technology right so but like in the underground Shika location they're in right there's obviously a lot of blue and this ganondorf-esque creature <laughs> it looks like he's being sealed right and some of that technology isn't in uh couldn't doesn't inherently have to be all Shika, you know so sure. maybe the the interlopers are involved in some way especially if they not all the things we we discover are going to be shiga technology you know
0: yeah right
1: so it would be cool to see that i think the interlopers in general are probably my favorite like uh lore of <laughs> like the like the hidden lore of the gangs so they're, they're very mysterious mm-hmm. you know and they're very shadow like where everything's in the background never too much do we learn from them like from the main story of the game if it is it's never a lot you know
2: right um i think though i mean ultimately i think they'll probably bring in a bunch of new stuff um but i would really like to see some kind of callback to you know the uh like the 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 trailer has a lot of zonai like architecture and stuff. Like if you look at the trailer, like the bridge they cross
0: has mm, all of yeah. the
2: architecture styles of the zonai. Um even the room where Ganondorf is sealed, it doesn't even look like it's like Chica made. Like we know what Chica stuff looks like. It glows blue, it's like electrical. Whereas, like it's like yeah, there's like some like the glowing hand, but even the glowing hand isn't blue. It's like closer to the neon this closer to like the turquoiseish green that like the Twilight Realm is known for. Yeah. Um you know, and you know, I'm kind of inclined to think that uh if, you know, if this I'm sure the Sheikah are involved to some extent, but I don't think it's only them.
0: Yeah. It's like, I might yeah. It doesn't
2: look like it's all them.
0: No, and it, that actually makes a lot of sense too because here's the thing like at this point, uh, they have to explain by going into the ruins, they're going to have to explain more about where that technology comes from. And like you said, I'm sure we're going to find out, and we've already seen things that are going to be completely new. But some people actually take for granted how much storytelling there is in Breath of the Wild in that way because it's it's very very subtle and it's not like at the forefront, you know, they don't force you to watch cutscenes in that game. But I have no doubt in my mind that they put so much thought into this architecture here and we're going to put there has to be some more meaning behind it. And it's not just going to be like that looks cool and that's it. Like there's going to be depth there and it's it's probably going to lead back to a lot of the stuff that we just discussed during this whole podcast, which is really, really exciting. Like, I actually, dude, I I can't believe how excited I am for Breath of Wild 2. I think this might actually be the most excited I've ever been know, for a game crazy. In, in my whole life. Like, Super Smash Melee <sighs> was the first one, and then this one is just like, I have not been this excited in so long, dude. I cannot wait.
2: There's another really interesting detail in the trailer. Um, you know, when you see Zelda, like looking at the wall and there's like a painting or like, oh, there's like a wall mural or whatever. Yeah. And it's like a guy on a horse and stuff. If, if you kind of like clear up the picture and like, and, and look at it, it, it's like a, it looks like Ganondorf riding horseback, holding a trident with four other Gerudo horse on, on horseback around him. Yeah, And from what I know of the Zelda series, I think the best time that that could be a, a depiction of is the Civil War before Ocarina of Time. Um, when you fight Phantom Ganon in Ocarina of Time, he has a trident.
0: Right. Um,
2: and I think that's a callback. I, I think the trident in the, in the trailer is meant to be a callback to Phantom Ganon, which would just be Ganon. You know, it's, it's, it would be a reflection of him. I think the implication is that Ganondorf used a trident back uh, before he, you know, got the Triforce, you know, back when he was just the, the, you know, the, the great thief or whatever. Uh, I think the trident was, was his weapon of, weapon of choice
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense it's amazing how much there is to pick apart in that little teaser it feels like we it feels like it was over in the blink of an eye but there's like the more we talk about it the more i'm like oh my god there really and is what's a it, lot there. what's
2: it doing down there how old is that yeah how long back does this go
0: yeah oh my god zelda conspiracy theories guys it's too much <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap this up um Thank you guys so much for celebrating this amazing 35th anniversary with me on this show this is obviously probably the longest podcast we ever did i think it's worth it it's it is deserving all right zelda deserves it um so are hungry uh tell the tell your fans tell the class where they can find you tell them your social media all that okay
1: so one place you want to go for sure YouTube.com forward slash are hungry. Uh, I don't have any dedicated Zelda videos on there, but there is a Zelda motif in the remake video I made. Just discussing uh, remakes as a concept in general. There's a lot of Zelda stuff in that. If you're interested, uh, should be coming out with a new video pretty soon. Be excited for that. For updates, find me on Twitter.com forward slash mf underscore are hungry. If I have any updates on videos or just me saying something stupid, (laughs) it'll be on there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's all I got to say.
0: All right, man. And David, GWJ, thank you for coming on. Tell the feds where they can find you.
2: You could find me only on Twitter at GameWinnerJ. If you are interested in getting involved as a Zelda conspiracy theorist, you could DM me there and I could point you in the direction of some strong, powerful, friendly communities
3: Let's who go. can
2: who can help you collaborate and make some friends.
0: z Anon.
2: <laughs> Anon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alright guys
0: that's this week's show. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys. We are out.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you, guys. See you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SuperGlentendo. The Glentendo Podcast is a weekly Nintendo slash Smash community podcast. Our aim is to have galaxy brain conversations on all things Nintendo. If you like the show, please consider becoming a Friendo and supporting on Patreon.com slash Glentendo. Friendos get early access to the show each Thursday. The show then becomes free to all the following Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now and you actually like the show, please give us a good review. It helps boost our visibility so more people can find the show. This show is brought to you by our amazing producers, Naomi Eduardo, In A Yellow Flash, and the legendary Riz.